Mob Rules Episode 79, brought to you by eBay's Pro Painted Club. Are you looking to sell your painted models? For just a small $17.99 a month fee, we will allow you to use the term Pro Painted for your auctions and we'll stamp all of your auctions with the PC PPC guarantee. Pro Painted, because no one can say it isn't if we say it is. Uh, just, yeah, we, we totally can say it's not propane because uh, we can judge you, <laughs> and we do. Yeah, it's totally. still my favorite thing because I'm a stickler for grammatic correctness. Uh huh. And if you're pro painter, that means you're a professional painter, which means your sole income is from painting, which worries me for Ooh. some of these pro painting things. And mm. so, really, you would be more of like SPPC, right? So semi semi professional. <laughs> I want to start up like a whole new section on eBay. Uh, um, you know, semi, semi-pro painted, <laughs> just Mortarian assembled, semi-professionally, Wait. semi-professionally painted. So there's like a couple more lines, and the glue leaks <laughs> yeah. a little bit. I was gonna say like, or like, yeah, like half the model is painted. Like uh, it's, <laughs> it has too many meanings. We need to get more specific. Need to get nomenclature matters, guys. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it really does. Uh, welcome to Mob Rules, episode 80, uh, 79. 79. So it's right in front of me every too. Time. Every time we're gonna get you keep that. adding one to it. I think it's because of the uh, the the lost episode that doesn't. The, count. There's the lost episode that doesn't count. There was last episode which I had to upload twice because somebody messed up the translation and decided really to only put that. my voice in. Yeah, um, it's all Dave's fault. Yeah, it's all Dave's fault. It was like Danny and I were not funny. We're just gonna go with just John for this episode, <laughs> yeah, which what you John know, decided post production. So, <laughs> so everything was fine in like my little editor, and then I exported it. And like usually, I'll listen to like the first thirty seconds after export, just make sure everything's all good, you know, because that's got all, usually all four of our tracks there. And this time, I'm like, nah, we're good. Yeah, that's fine. And I upload it, <laughs> and then uh, Phil the Glacial Geek sends me a message like fourteen hours after I upload it. He's like, hey man, you might want to check out the audio in your podcast and something's <laughs> up with it. So I'm like, well, shit. I look in, and all you can hear is a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Sounds like a Love great it. podcast, yeah. actually. And then, then we get like the, the 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 YouTube comments coming in when it's like uh, the guy is like, "Use more than one mic, you asshole." <laughs> <laughs> I'm very barely paraphrasing that, and, and I'm like, "I did. I just I screwed up." So yeah, apologies if you had to download twice. Well, yeah, yeah I don't know but, if you guys, know, but, but we, we all have to it. share one microphone. Yeah. We so, just pass it around yeah. very very liberally or get very close. <laughs> oh, and then so I go re-edit the podcast, re-upload the podcast. Don't take out our name banter during the adverts. Yeah. So, you know, it's right. the, the night. Do we shit talk anybody? <laughs> Probably. If, if, yeah. if we shat talk you, I'm sorry. Uh, in our defense, we didn't think you were listening. Uh, you which probably, makes it all you probably okay. weren't. No. Um, so... Yeah. What, 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 what have we been? What have you been up to? John? What have I been up to? Yeah, let's start with you. Yeah. This time. We never start with me. Um, I've been up to uh, a fair amount. I've been playing. Uh, I played a couple games of 40k. Um, rather than kind of try and fine tune tournament lists or kind of done, I just I went for fun weird lists uh, for for the two games that I played. Um, so I went for a 2,000 point Adeptus Custodes list. Mm, oh um, yeah. yeah, 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 with uh, 11 models. Mm-hmm. 
That's which uh, was a ten shield captains and the custodies dreadnought or nine shield nine. captains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can, yeah, yeah. Nine shield captains and the custodies dreadnought. It's my kind of painting. You know, you're right. Eleven right? models. Yeah, I'm, that's, I'm all about that. And, <laughs> and I took it up against a <laughs> an imperial guard gun line, <laughs> which was was not very successful. Um, but a couple of things like I feel that after playing it. I was like, wow, if I just like shielded my bike captains behind kind of scenery a little bit more and done this, I would have like maybe actually done okay. Yeah. Um, and then I completely forgot about the stratagem to keep the dreadnought like up high until you're ready to bring him oh, down. Sure, sure. Oh. So, you know, like I was like, well, this isn't terrible. I mean, it's still bad, but it wasn't as terrible as I thought it was. And then I went for um, like Synergy the Musical was my second list where oh, I had like the three the three yeah. Imperial Knights the little guard battalion of uh, command point and generation mm, the um, battery yeah right. a little battery and then a couple shield captains in there as well um, and again it didn't do terribly um, like I did a little bit of bad like target like priority um, and I failed like a seven inch charge which really fucked me over Um but like honestly, if I had a better understanding of the guard codex and the custodes codex, like and the stratagems and things I could do, it would be like way better. So it wasn't yeah. terrible. Tried out the Poon Knight. The Poon Knight's kill tally was two squads of uh, stealth suits and uh, one very unlucky Pathfinder. <laughs> he got pooned. He got pooned hard. Straight pooned. Just flat ten damage nah. to that Pathfinder because nothing else was in range. Yeah, I was gonna say now that I, I know GW has said that uh, Laz cannons can't uh, damage can't carry over. You know, like the other rest of the squad don't automatically die from uh, him taking oh, so many grievous wounds. If, Do you think I, other people with a poon knight though, because it's ten flat that like they just explode next to him? I feel that it should be like a kebab of people where it just kind of hits them all in a row comically like some tom and jerry kind of thing oh like old school fantasy bolt throwers or something yeah yeah oh, yeah. oh don't, you bastard why would you bring that up that's so gross and amazing um but it, it was fun to play uh so after those two games i went went like okay i'm gonna go back to my eldar now uh for a little bit uh, i built and painted three nights um yeah. in the past couple yeah, weeks saw that look at you uh, yeah it's a tabletop quality so we wanted to do like a couple more coats i stole uh danny your your thousand sons like red and gold scheme and man does that thing go on quick it's yeah it's a super easy way to paint those models and your models too yeah apparently and my models now <laughs> uh and then designed for much smaller models used on larger models still works out just fine and then i'm like 50 50 on what to take to the tournament this weekend here so i have like one list which is nothing kind of but rangers and dire avengers and i have another list which has a webway gate which instantly kind of makes me question a little bit there but we'll see so i bought five more dire avengers just to kind of get ready for being able to run 70 dire avengers Nice. Mm, that's sexy. Mm. That's a lot of very aroused by that. The opposite of eleven models to paint, though. Fair. Yeah. Fair. The opposite. Um, but yeah. Uh, aside from that, uh, I, I go up to very little. Oh, I built scenery. Oh yeah, we, for, we, uh, yeah. for Ursa. Yeah, yeah, for for the big convention coming up, uh, we spent the day building scenery for it there, or what I like to call the Hero Clicks Liberation Project. Oh um, yeah, was that what a lot of those pieces? A, were a from? lot of the pieces were from Hero Clicks. My, I saw that. And my thought was, is that Skylanders Trap Master? No. Gear? Uh, so I made like a power generator out of two uh, lanterns of O, <laughs> and uh, a bunch of <laughs> like mushrooms okay. and stuff like that, and like nice. uh, a bunch of Phoenix Fire things. But mainly, I liberated the circular dial bases from them, so I can incorporate them into my knights. <laughs> <laughs> did you as uh, wound awesome. markers did, did you remember to grab some for me because i asked nicely and told you about it originally yeah probably did All right. i think i have like what 15 nice or guy. something like that <laughs> i try 
But no, a lot of it turned out really good. So it was about five of us just sitting making terrain all day. No, it, was a, it was a good time. Sounds uh, sounds like it was. Yeah. So, Danny, what you been up to? Ooh, oh, the skip over. Yeah. yeah. I like that. All right. So, <laughs> uh, I've been doing some modeling. Uh, not as much as I would have liked. Uh, I uh, built uh, a an armiger. So that's been the product, the 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 the, the, the sum total of my hobby. Bandwagoner. Yeah, I know. It's just everybody's building knights. Oh, I guess I built. No, I, I'll take that back. I built several knights since the last time we. I, I built a couple say, of. You've built too. at least two. Yeah, yeah. I built a couple of gallants. You got. I I had some uh, of the uh, Questor Mechanicus heads, the Forge okay. World ones. So I used those on those. Those heads are so cool. They're yeah, super well, sci-fi. Forge World heads tend to be. Everybody loves a little Forge World head. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, so I did that. Uh, I've been playing actually a good amount. I played, I think, uh, two games this last week, and I pl- or no, three games last week, and I played uh, two games the week before that. So, I've been pretty busy just trying to get some games under my belt. I've been playing a lot of nights, so I've been switching off between um, running a lot of gallants or one gallant and one. Uh, 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 Knight Atropos from Forge World. Oh, okay. Because uh, I like that guy quite a bit. He's pretty. He's pretty versatile and tough. Because mm-hmm. um, he has the four plus invulnerable save from shooting already. And right, you can now shield, give right? him a plus one to that as well, right? You sure yeah. can. Ooh, that's spicy. Yeah. And then of course, uh, it, everything became much spicier uh, this week with the Knights FAQ dropping. Yeah, that's so. that, that's a word for it. Yeah. <laughs> so so chaos can get knights now. So we're back to to chaos soup and them having some more options. Yeah, I'm good, happy about yeah, that. Yeah, no, for sure. Because especially because like they released a box and like renegade. Oh, look at this cool game we made, which is a little clunky but kind of fun. Go, oh, can I do this in 40k? No, no. not allowed. No, but here's how you convert his faceplate. You just cut right. that shit really in good. half. Yeah, just Dremel it, and then. Uh, uh, and then also the CP change to the formations was really nice. Oh I, yeah, I feel yeah. Like that's more. It, it's more in line to where it should have been. I, it, well, what it it's does, a significant investment. It does uh, now make it so that you can run solo nights and still get all the cool kind of stuff. Right. Like, yeah. like before when we were looking at the codex, we're like, oh, you're still gonna have to keep like 300 points aside for a little imperial guard right. battery. Uh, and now you don't necessarily have to do that. No, now you can do 490 for a you know Primaris battery and not feel bad about it. I still feel kind of bad. I would make me feel bad. I would feel really well, bad. You two are correct. Your own people. Yeah, right. Thank Perfect. you, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> Thank that you. was really nice of you. Yeah. So that's what I've been up to, Dave. What have you <laughs> been up to? Uh, I also played a game this week. No, in, no. Uh, in we got you back to, on the uh, table. Yeah, in an effort to uh, try to understand better the uh, the current way that ITC is played, because I haven't actually played a single true ITC game since. Uh, last season before all the changes where you get to pick now you get to pick your own secondaries and whatnot and let's be honest right the itc scenarios play way different than a standard book mission oh yeah very different so i I played with our buddy nate um i had a list put together that uh that i liked and at the last second i changed it uh (laughs) good move because yeah because that's how i roll uh that's how everyone rolls where you're like yeah this list is perfect but what if this? And you're like, no, just leave the fuck alone. Go play. Yeah, no, I didn't know. I, I, do I didn't think it was perfect. I, I wanted to try out the uh, the preceptor uh, mixed oh, with okay. my armigers. Uh, so I borrowed uh, I borrowed a, pre, uh, a knight preceptor name X from uh, from one of our buddies Taylor uh, mm-hmm. or Aaron. I don't. Know, I honestly can't keep the two of them. They were they were playing each other that night, so I was like, it was one of the two of them. Uh, but. Uh, I borrowed the that rare piece of white racism. Right, right. Yeah, they can't look the same. I can't even tell the difference between them. 
It was definitely Taylor. Uh, was it Taylor? It was Taylor. I don't remember. The, it, it was died it was so fast. And was it, it a wraith funny. night? No. Then it was Taylor. Okay. Uh, but because the preceptor model isn't out yet, uh, and no Correct. idea when GW is going to release this fancy model that has a special gun that's different that is exactly the same except for one arm for the. Uh, I would guess quarter three, two thousand eighteen. You think quarter three? Yeah. I, I heard it's coming out after Plastic Sisters, so never. Ooh, so, um, ooh, 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 it's a straight call out uh, there. The uh, so so yeah no um, we uh, we threw down. Uh, Nate explained the secondaries, and I picked the prop. Uh, I picked the secondaries that I thought was, mm-hmm. would be best against his. Uh, what what did know, you Tau pick? gun line? Yeah, uh, I took old school uh, because I figured that was the that was the safest bet. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to not kill a model in the first turn. Um, I took. Headhunter, uh, I and um, character killer because Nate Headley. Yep, that's five, head, that's Headhunter. Headhunter, and yep. then what's the destroy big models? Oh, uh, big, big, game big game hunter. Big game hunter. So headhunter and big game hunter. Um, uh, Nate had six characters and four tanks, so it was you know mm-hmm. solid solid choices of stuff that I'd be able to complete uh, because I had uh, a Primaris battery, uh, so I didn't have a lot to go on. I also had a Primaris uh, battery. That's yeah. like a car battery for a fucking no, like alarm clock. No, it's, a, <laughs> it's a little it's a kind of battery you have in like a. It's 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 a it's a kind of battery. You know, it's not a regular car battery. It's what you use in a like a motorhome. You know, I or, like or a vibrator. Yeah, I, I like the idea of, <laughs> Your of Dave going up different. and be like, "Hey, so the the little battery in my key fob is broken. Can I have a car battery to replace it? <laughs> like, well, we well, have these here that the I mean, work like way better and is way cheaper. Like, no." No, the car battery I is want better. The car battery. Yeah, because all right. If, here's yeah. a backpack for you, sir. It'll look link up. up to a wire to your key. <laughs> look up. <laughs> I'd never lose my keys, though. I mean, I'd always know where they were, no matter That's what. That's true. You yeah. don't true. want to lose yeah. your keys. Oh no. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> so that, that was awful today. Yes. Yeah. John so, lost his keys today. Yeah. Reference. The, yeah. Yeah. The uh, so we th- we threw down uh, and first turn went pretty um, pretty poorly for me. Um, I just couldn't. My, my my baby knights just uh, hitting on threes, re-rolling ones because they were standing right in front of the, the preceptor. Mm-hmm. Twos. I was like, that's fine. We'll be good. Didn't uh, didn't manage to kill anything. Did a lot of damage to a couple different things and uh, and watched him pass uh, uh, all of the uh, all of the battle shock tests, basically. Oh. Uh, the morale tests. He was yep. like, I was like, yeah, cool. Except for the one that he could not pass and just said, I'm just going to auto-pass it. Here's my two CP. And I was like, that's... Exactly what you should do. Perfectly mm. played. Well done. Mm. There's nothing more satisfying than pissing someone off by leaving oh. one dude alive. It's not the best. Mm-hmm. He, he, yeah, he was like, look. Um, they're like, that ranger's not even going to do anything. Like, yeah, but it's the last turn. And I don't have anything else to use these points. <laughs> yeah. And I, and the thing is, I could have finished that unit off in the shooting phase. But I did the math. I said, leadership is uh, leadership seven. They lost seven. And And Dave, what did you learn? I learned that definitely finish shooting the unit. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, if you can just finish it off, because um, people will spend that CP. To well, do that was yep. that, that was what he said. He said it's a real asshole move, but guess what? I'm going to do it just so that you learn. And I was like, it's a real I asshole move to keep my models alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, to deny for, that, it's that an whole, asshole move for me to participate in this two player game, right? <laughs> Uh, and then we uh, we got all excited and into stuff, and then I completely forgot to shoot and charge stuff in yeah. turn two. That really, oh. we got done, I got done with my charge phase at the end of turn two and looked and saw a heavily damaged repulsor sitting an inch and a half away from his stealth suits. I went, 
oh god i didn't shoot or charge you know what never mind we're playing an itc game rather than a friendly game so that it is what it is also i don't it think you both I, yeah i don't think you can hit the like if it's a heavily damaged repulsor you're hitting on sixes right i still can charge it oh fair but yeah and then those guys but they the guys have the fly keyword so they can jump on back and shoot you. right but the, and they're hitting you on sevens but they won't be able to advance or charge other yeah, things it's fair right. yeah it it was a uh you know it was a strategy. It was my plan after he nuked every, all of my knights in the first turn, except for one Ooh. one mm. golden super helverin that was like, "What's up?" He he was uh, what's his name? He, Dave? He, yeah. Right now, it's freaking Neo. Neo. Okay. Oh yeah. man, that's the edgiest thing I've heard. Yeah, hold on. I was just gonna say because he was dodging. <laughs> I put on like my work a, gloves. I don't want to cut myself. Yeah. <laughs> I work above a hot topic, and that's the edgiest thing I've seen all week. <laughs> So yeah, I I learned an absolute crap ton and I got absolutely my butt kicked. But see, I feel like those are better. Like getting your, getting your ass kicked and learning a lot is way better than winning and be like, Oh, well that was a fun game. Oh, and my two favorite moments of the game for me were, uh, were Nate on, uh, on turn three, I got ready to deep strike my death watch aggressors and Mm -hmm. Nate and I looked at the board and I went, wow, there's no place for me to put these aggressors. And he looked at the board and went, I accidentally, tactically perfect placed everything. <laughs> As is tradition. Yes. Yep. I went, perfect. All right, cool. So I'll just um, Got him. go over here, I guess, on my own deployment zone. Uh, and, and then the next, and my Death Watch captain charges out, fails, uh, fails his charge, and then gets shot at in the next turn and fails all of his invulnerable saves. Oh. And I went, and now his I watch know has Danny ended. says I'm not allowed to blame my dice, but can I blame this for four ones on four well, dice? I mean, that's the fourth time you blame <laughs> dice describing the game. I've been keeping count. Uh, that's true. You, I see that on your notes. Over yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I made a little, marks. A little man, hash marks come back for that. To it. I tried really hard not to blame the dice. Honestly, though, I really it's, did. it's the hardest thing to do. It's really hard. It's really it's hard. So hard but here's the thing. like When you're, you're, you're playing and you're trying to get better at playing, like bad dice and acknowledging bad dice isn't going to help you get better. No. So yeah. you got to kind of like look past that because otherwise, like I would write up like, oh, it was just bad dice. I was I was tactically perfect aside from that, and then no, it's you got to look past. I don't that think anybody is actually tactically perfect. I was tactically adequate. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty. That's yeah. that's legit. But yeah, no, I, I learned and I tried really hard not to blame the dice during the game. And, and then afterwards, you're like after, fucking dice. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Throw these things in the fucking trash. And then we all went out for drinks afterwards and uh, we discussed it. And you know, Nate said I actually did play it well. I just I screwed up in a couple spots, and this is where I would fix it. So nice. Well, yeah. at least you got learning games. Yeah, at least you got notes of that. Yeah, that's what the that's what playing ITC games with friends is all about. Yeah, no, that and crushing them. Friendship. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's it, and we got that tournament coming up this weekend. I'm actually not going to be able to attend as I'm Aww. still remodeling everything in my house before all my kids get back. But uh, yeah. Fair enough. I need uh, again, a new recording studio, apparently. I'm still on the, the fence between Dire Avengers and and uh, making the webway get work. Because there's part of me that just wants to make it work. Yeah, and that's cool. Like I think that that kind of thought process is fine. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's okay to experiment. It's not like this is a big deal or anything. Yeah, I mean, everybody experiments a little bit in ITC. You know, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Everyone does. Out of ITC, though, I'm a little gate. I'm a little gate curious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little tournament curious. I really want. uh, I really want you to take three gates and play like a shell game with them. You know, 
Let them uh, put nothing else you on know, the table. I, w- I legitimately looked at how much. So it would be 360 points to take three gates. Mm-hmm. The rules for the webway gate says that your guys can come out of any of the gates. So technically, I think when one gate is destroyed, you can use a oh, command yeah. point to pop it out of another gate at the other side of the yeah, table. You just right? put your guys in the webway yeah. store and they're there. They can come out of any gate you want. Yeah. See, so it would be 360. That's one detachment. But then what do you put in each of those gates? So I was looking at maybe. Do you want to borrow my gate? I was, I was thinking maybe Wraith Guard, okay? So like, like, yeah, I'll get some Wraith Guard in there. But that's like 300 points for that unit. So if you multiply by three, that's 900. It's like 1,400 points almost for a ball and cup gimmick, which would be hilarious and is going to give someone a really bad third round after I go like <laughs> two straight <laughs> losses. But I just uh, I, I just think it would be awesome. I, I was also thinking that you could put a bunch of fire prisms in there the, because the, it keeps them protected because, so again, they got to blow up the gates before they can shoot the The nice the thing prisms. about it is you can actually put anything within nine inches of the gate when you're deploying or deep striking, so you could effectively cut off the entire table. Yeah, it's basically like scouts, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, yeah. So it's like... Three giant toughness eight 16 wound scouts. Right. You just have to be careful too because you place them like a normal unit gets placed. So if somebody blocks you off, yeah, that can be an issue too. Yeah, but you yeah. can come out of the front or the back of the gate. They would have to Giggity. completely surround it. Right. Front or, front or back. Front, front or back. I mean, choice. No, no. What I'm saying, Dave, is during deployment. Like they can screw you over on where you can put your gate down because also because the gate gets placed just like a unit gets placed mm-hmm. when de- during deployment. So if someone has scouts or nerglings or something similar. They can actually block off, like if they deploy first, they can say, oh, okay, well, here's the here's like five you, nerglings, and you, I'm going to deny all this space. Because you can't go near the objectives, you can't go near the edge, can't go near your deployment zone, like one and well-placed unit in the center, you're right. boned. Yeah, and we're terrain heavy screwed. up here. I might have talked myself out of that one there. Sorry. That's, I'm sorry that I You know what, I wish then. Danny had three gates and a bunch of fire prisms, because that's what I would like to borrow. <laughs> I... I want to do a shell game. I think yeah, I don't shell game. I wouldn't even borrow the codex. I'd just be like, eh, I'm good. As long as I could play like some carny music in the background, be like, come on up, come on up, destroy the gate. Where's it coming out of? Oh no! Find the queen. Find the queen. Wraith knights in this one. Awkward pauses. No, oh, people should love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds that, great. That, that's our awesome. thing, man. John, no. thanks for making sure our <clears throat> listeners stay tuned. Yeah. yeah, what I do have is. I was really pleased that we. Were- News! Oh! Yeah. Okay. That's that's enough of that. Okay. So I, I found like to the, went to the most reliable sources on the internet that I could find to kind of get the Hidden Games Workshop news and what's coming next. Yeah, sure. So like I went to Daka Daka. I went to Warseer. I went to Spiky Bits comment section. I went to like yeah. everywhere I could find. Like I talked to my like uncle's brother's friend's oh. cousin who knows a guy who works for the packaging company who makes the cardboard boxes that Games Workshop's products go into. And I got the latest news on a bunch of stuff. Okay, so this is breaking it. news. This is breaking news. Breaking news. So, <clears throat> due to the success of Warhammer Adventures, um, Black Library is working closely with Disney to produce a two-episode Phineas and Ferb crossover event next year. The currently untitled project will see the technologically savvy boys repair the Golden Throne while their platypus pal Perry takes down the evil Abaddon. And this is going to transition directly into 9th edition of the game because as we know, everything that happens in a book is 100% canonical and will forever change the timeline. Yeah, that seems legit. Yeah, 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 that's that's legit. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all I got right now. I mean, mean, hopefully Jim, like my brother's cousins, uncle's friends, whatever the fuck I said, um, gets back to me later on with some more. Uh, but yeah, that, that's what I got right now. Oh, man. Ooh. 
Dude, I'm the best. I took first place at another tournament. First off, stop with the thunder and lightning. You don't impress me. And second, let me check out the BCP rankings. And I don't see you on there. What? Your TO needs to download the Best Coast Pairings app and run events on it. After the event, the results are uploaded into BCP rankings, and the best part, it's easy and free. But I play multiple game systems. No big deal. The BCP app can be used for any game. A ton of events every weekend are using it, from major international tournaments to local stores. And now that it's available on Android devices, you're going to have some serious competition. There can be only one. BCP Rankings is a fun and exciting way to measure how you or your team stack up. No matter what you play, your score goes to an overall ranking. Or compete to be the best in a game, a circuit, a region, or the world. Download the app or visit www.bestcoastpairings.com for more info. Best Coast Pairings. Are you the best? Uh, so, yeah, so Nizenhorn. Uh, Nisenhorn? Yeah, Knights and Knights into Eisenhorn. Did, 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 did we read the right same book as each other? I've been drinking. Yeah, we're we're here to talk about <laughs> yeah, um, Eisenhorn. Eisenhorn. Uh and I was gonna like get like a big old alarm siren and kind of like, oh a spoiler warning and uh, all that other kind of stuff, but it's been seventeen years. You probably like there's some people <laughs> who are younger than this book. Just wish Danny was a faster reader to us so that we could have read it faster. Yeah, sorry, it's all my fault. I totally didn't finish this like Yeah, I'm I'm not going ago. to I'm not gonna put like spoiler <laughs> warnings. We are gonna be talking about spoilers and events in the book. Um, I still heartily recommend, I mean, spoilers, uh, you read it regardless of what we say here today. Because yeah. uh, like short synopsis, it's a phenomenal book. And I think one of my favorite Black Library books I've read so far. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Or I'm sorry, listened to so far. <laughs> oh, uh, God. So, uh, Philistines. Yeah, I, I will, uh, full disclosure, <laughs> I, I, download, I bought and downloaded the audiobook. As did I. No, I got I'm an Audible right subscription. Now. And the guy, was it what, Toby... Toby Longworth. Toby Keith? Toby Longworth. Yeah, to- to- I would have loved Toby Keith. <laughs> Toby reading Keith it. reading it to me. Imagine to- Toby Keith reading it. <laughs> Y'all. Then oh, Eisenhorn strides out of the cutter. Cherry bale. <laughs> I, I will admit that I, I had to start reading along with it because some of the ways that he was saying words made me go. Oh, proper English ways. No. Uh, incorrect ways. Uh, uh, no, uh, proper English ways. Some of, the, some of the words that he was saying, I would hear it uh, and go what and I have to like pause and look and find how the word was spelled so i could understand what he was actually saying i see um like names he, of things arbites oh i wanted to stab somebody in the face when i heard oh, that oh man i need yeah. to start saying that now our arbites <laughs> that that's that was like i was like oh that's how that's pronounced um but no he does a great job in reading it oh. here there's like 30 different voices he does and it does really well and it doesn't come off corny oh, or, or anything at all the uh, the elizabeth was a little bit uh well, it's a it's a guy, so yeah, it was it was a little not that great, yeah. but I was like, oh. But um, Eisenhorn uh, would be like kind of there was this great period uh, for Black Library, like two thousand one when this came out, like nineteen ninety nine through two thousand one. Right. Your Games Workshop, you're rolling in Hobbit money, you know, you're like just throwing shit out there. Um, and a couple of these things. Um, one was Gone's Ghosts. Yeah, sure. Which I'm sure we're going to go yeah, into I, in the future. I think Ghost was in the 90s, though. I think we covered that last time. That's, right? what, that's why I said 1999 yeah, to 2001. Oh, 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 sorry. Yes, thank you. Fact checker, Danny. Uh, and then the other one. Approved. Uh, approved. <laughs> <laughs> that was a seal of approval. <laughs> it's my punch of approval. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, but the other one was Eisenhorn, uh, written by Dan Abnett. Dave. Also so, so, oh, yeah. also written by Dan Abnett. Yeah. So, uh, what so, I found interesting in, in researching this um, was that he, you know, he wrote Consco's, uh, and then he was sitting there, and they had started working on their Inquisitor game. Right. And they literally just sent him like a little bit of stuff and said, "Can you do something with this?" Yep. And and then he go and he writ he writ he wrote Eisenhorn, which is you know one of the better 40k books oh ever. God. You know, so uh, Zenos, the Eisenhorn, Eisenhorn, Eisenhorn Zenos, which is what we read. The whole trilogy trilogy is honestly pretty phenomenal. So yeah, but I didn't have a hundred bucks to get that much audiobooks. So sure, we'll get to it later. But no, it's like I said, it's a, a fantastic book, and it follows kind of the exploits of Inquisitor Gregor Eisenhorn on like kind of the middle of his investigation. Um, it does come in with some assumptions about the reader's knowledge of 40K and how the universe works, though like not huge amounts. Right. Um, and it shows a side of 40K that you wouldn't normally see, right? Like the yeah. domestic side. The domestic side, it really <laughs> does. It Like the, the different parts of the, the world and, and just the entire encompassing um, uh, 4KU, if you will. Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah, so so the, our, our novel begins uh, as we're kind of we're flying down uh, to Hubris, which is this kind of backwater world uh, in the Imperium uh, where like it's like a third winter all the time for like years. It's like Game of Thrones style yeah, summer exactly. and winter. Yeah. Exactly. And just the best name ever for a planet. Right. Like it's. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Hubris. Yes. And the people that live there. And the season of winter is called Dormant, yeah. which, which is I also really liked. Because if you're rich enough on Hubris, you can just yeah. freeze yourself yeah. for you the just freeze yourself for the, for, and, and wake up later. Um, oh, and so we're, we're halfway through kind of Eisenhorn's investigation into Murday and Iclone. And man, this is like Star Wars levels of names in this book. And I love every single man, minute of it. They're, they're good. But like, so yeah, Murday and Iclone is kind of like a, a, like a, a head honcho chaos cultist guy. And Eisenhorn's been chasing him mm. for, for like years. Uh, and he chases him to hubris through kind of like inquisitorial things. He's like, yeah, I tracked him down here. No big. But we get this great scene of like Eisenhorn arriving and his, his which I, okay. I love the names of the ships in this book as well. His gun cutter is the name of right. class of his ship <laughs> is a gun cutter. So he kind of lands down there with, uh, with his. And that uh, could be yeah. anything you want, right? Like, I mean, like just anything you could visualize because it's not. Like clearly, it's not a Valkyrie, right? It's no. not yeah. like no, it's something that we've conceptualized. So in in my head, and I've, I've, I cheat. I played the video game, so I kind of know what they think it looks like there as well. Oh, okay, um, That's artist rendering. I, guess. I feel that it looks like to me uh, the Hawk two ninety. You know, from the the ship Cal Katarn flies in Dark Forces, the Star Wars Dark oh. Forces games. Oh, see, I always pictured it as the Imperial shuttle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, but maybe without the big like fin on the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah see, but when I, I I'm, oddly enough, when I started. You know, hearing about the gun cutter, I actually kind of pictured it as the uh, the new Death Watch flyer. Oh yeah, I could I could see that too. That yeah, I could see that. I mean, but I went. You know, I'm now reading it, not in 2001, which I would have come up with that. There's, you know, an. I also really like the Hawk 290 from Star Wars. It's pretty cool. Uh, But yeah, so uh, Eisenhorn goes down with his. uh, What's the name of the chick he goes down with there? It's um, Vibben. Vibben. There we go. Yeah, yeah. So Loris Vibben. He goes down with Loris Vibben. And they kind of like go through processional 212, which is a fancy name for where, like, I think 20,000 of the, or sorry, 12,000 of the Imperial elite right. are sleeping. One of their, they're on stasis because it's cold out and they're not going to come out because they're rich enough to be in hypersleep. Did you uh, picture it as a pyramid? I pictured it as a pyramid for some reason. I pictured it like uh, the Matrix. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I can yeah, see yeah, that. Like the battery pods in the Matrix. But like so all exposed outside? Yeah. So you'd oh, be able okay. to see everything right, there. Right. Um, just because like it's like maybe they the the very rich people had private rooms and pods, but they probably had like different packages. Like, well, sure. I can hibernate you for 20 years, but you're in, <laughs> you're in view. I was also thrown off because uh, when you first land, they start talking about custodians. And I was like, why are the hell are custodes on this planet? Because janitors. We right. need janitors there. Right. Golden, golden janitors. Custodies, right? You don't know that? Right. They never say they're not custodians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut they, up. They clearly, <laughs> they clearly don't. So, But through this kind of chase, and he, he meets up with Iclone, uh, and kind of, they, they have this great action sequence chase through these uh, things. Right. And then at some point, whoopsie-daisy, we start uh, waking everyone up early. Oh, it's not whoopsie daisy. Mm. It's on purpose. Yeah. That guy's a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Iclone. Iclone. Yeah. Wakes everyone up. Uh, and to kind of like get away and distract uh, at this point in the book, this is what we think Basically he's doing. Basically like pushing a chair in front of Eisenhorn, like as they run, except he's put like, he's just letting a bunch of people defrost. But what's really cool about this. Pulling ladders over in front of them. Right. Right. Th- this isn't like um, <laughs> Star Wars where, you know, you hit the carbonite and Han falls out and he's all okay. And he's just a little blind. Like literally if these people aren't taken out of these canisters in very specific ways, they will all die. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And it's, I, what really hit me is there's one where it's like a, a woman that's like dead, like dying on the ground and all like thing. And then she begs him like, uh, and he's like, I should have killed her, but I didn't because I had to go get this guy. And then they says the line, do you think me weak? And I'm like, oh shit, he's talking right to me. Right. And like, that's the first time in the book it comes across as this isn't, um, the way this book is structured is that this is a recounting of events to me. Yep. Yeah. Like uh, an official inquisitorial report, which for me with my kind of like three credits oh. of English literature is like instantly pulls the rest of the, th- the, the, the book into um, question for me. Cause how much can I trust the events of the book? Because it's from one point of view. Yeah. So Dan Abnett said one of his greatest regrets was deciding to write this book in first person. So he said, that like, <laughs> he's like, who, I don't know, whoever, whatever editor talked me into let it, like letting, letting me write this in first person. Like by the time he gets to Ravener, he's like, what was I thinking? <laughs> well, like I, said, I feel like I enjoy the part because like yeah. for, for, for me, I'm like, oh shit, there's this. And like I said, for me, it calls into question the events of the rest of the book. And also, you know, he's pretty much going to live for a lot of it because who's he recounting to right. sure yeah i was like well i know he's not gonna oh man he's really in a bad spot here is he gonna die oh no wait there's still another 150 pages clearly he's not going to die because he has to tell me the test well, so yeah, we're, we're chasing iclone uh there's alarm bells everyone's dying around them people are coming out in pods and this is also the first time we start to see um for me a really good picture of how psychic powers work in 40k oh yeah because sure. because we hear like descriptions of like you know oh he shot a fireball from his hand or, or he conjured this he did this and the way eisenhorn describes using he says his will legitimately terrifying yeah yeah but it's not that powerful he's not he, oh, eisenhorn man. is not oh that, man no yeah. no eisenhorn isn't that powerful a, a, a psychic at, at this stage of the book he's at all, least mastery level two. Oh all, all, no yeah <laughs> And I paid an extra 25 points for that. Yeah, right. that's right. But at this stage of the book, all I know is he's in cover. He has two other people shooting at him. And he just uh, shouts, walk out. And then the two guys just walk out. I, I did. I like that, that they just, they kind of go, huh? And walk out. Whereas uh, Iclone is there at the same time. And he he says, I knew Iclone, it wouldn't work on him because he's too powerful of a psyker. And he's been through the same training I have. But uh, his goons... They're idiots. Yeah. Know. Right. Straight up murders the goons. Yeah. And it comes down to this fantastic kind of confrontation on like a landing pad 
which kind of I imagine as the uh, I'm, I'm all full of Star Wars references today. The fight on the Camino landing pad between Boba Fett and uh, Obi Wan. Oh sure, like that I kind of layout, more like the Sky Shield landing pad. Well, yeah, but with a Sky Shield landing pad, obviously, right? Um, between kind of the goons and I clone, and um, and then all of a sudden it describes the gun cutter kind of coming around, just opening fire and just like ripping apart pretty much every <laughs> cultist on the top. Everybody that's left, yeah. Yeah, apart from iClone. And iClone gets up real close. He almost he almost gets old Eisenhorn in like the first chapter there. And it's it's very like the way the fear is taught here as well. And this is something else that Dan Abnett does really well in this book, is everything is a threat. Like sure. we've mm-hmm. read a lot of Space Marine battle books between us where you know you have one Space Marine like killing seventy thousand people and you know striding through and through, but like literally everything in this book, like oh shit, he's dead or he's in a lot of danger right, right now, yeah. right? And really kind of exasperating that that sense of danger. Because um, what is it that finally kills Iclone? He oh, it's yeah. he shoves uh, Loris's pistol <laughs> into and 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 blows his brains out all over the gun cutter. Which uh, oh, and the bullet ricochets off the, the windshield. It, yeah, yeah. He's like, Ooh, sorry is it described that. as well that the, the, the back is. of the gun is sticking out the back of the dude's head because yeah. he literally yeah. punched through his skull and shot at the same time? It, it, what does he say? He says, uh, I, "And so I punched the gun so hard into his mouth, the trigger guard broke his lower teeth. I tried to reach for something, or he tried to reach for something on his belt, and I fired, having emptied his brain case and shattered it into the." Uh, uh, into the bargain. The round still had so much force. It crossed the deck and plinked off the armored nose of the gun cutter. Uh, sorry. I said, uh, don't worry about it. Says the pilot. Um, but it's not quite over. Cause now no. we get to see how, um, Eisenhorn after. <laughs> yeah. He has to deal with the bureaucracy of the Imperium. Cause we're always told man inquisitors power is limitless. They can do what they want. Um, but that's not necessarily true based on kind of what we see in this book here. Um, side note, all of the 12,000 people in processional 212 who accidentally got woken up by iClone, they, they, they all died. Happy lives. Right? Oh, shit. They all died. So that's a huge amount of the ruling elite that are now not there anymore. And so Eisenhorn gets summoned in front of kind of like a court, uh, to be there to answer for his crimes. And like he says, how is like, I could just say I'm an inquisitor and I could use that power. But if I ever want their help again, I'm fucked. Right, right. Exactly. Or they could make things like really stupid little things to delay my journey. So I got to kind of play along a little bit there. And that's exactly. why he doesn't want to shoot the woman, right? In the beginning when he's crossing over, he's like, man, this is going to be a lot of red tape for me. If yeah. I oh, no. He does say it. He's like, yeah. I, I, like, this way I can blame all of the death on iClone. If my right. bullet's in her brain, then I, I have to I, explain I have that. to explain right. that. So... Yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's uh. super cold, but I mean, pretty rational, right? So yeah, and this is where we meet um, Uber Amos. Um, I think that's the savant, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The meme lord, oh, which man. caused me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I laughed. No touch of end of giggles. Um, <laughs> again, really solid characterization for, oh, for not much character work. It's he's, right. He's described as he he gets very nervous and he calms himself down by learning. So he's yeah. like constantly writing, constantly kind of taking stuff down. Like Eisenhorn is described as being very irritated by him at times. So, I mean, at this point, you've met uh, Low Inc., the, uh, the astropath. Yep. Um, right. Midas Betancourt, his, uh, his pilot slash right hand man, you know, fighter guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then uh, Loris, uh, who's dead. Yep. That so. was basically his whole retinue at that point. Yeah. yeah. So you've, you've met him all there. And then he goes through the trial and basically says, I'll, I'll let you, you know, challenge me here. But um, I could just say I'm an inquisitor and walk away. 
Uh, so we're just going to call this even here. Well, what's funny is it kind of like the way it's written, it, it escalates. So it starts off with him not using his will and just talking and explaining. And then they both kind of feed off each other to get madder and madder and madder at each other to the point where Eisenhorn's like, okay, I'm an inquisitor. Right. And then he's like, hey, we're going to go talk in your quarters, right? So he yeah. goes off with like the lead magistrate or whatever, who's, I believe that guy was still sick from getting woken up. Yeah. He was barely, barely right, saved. Right. <laughs> they, they woke up a bunch of the nobles, which imagine, you know, you pay your money, you get put down until like uh, dormant is over and they wake you up and like, uh, sir, uh, 12,000 nobles died. Uh, can you go talk to the guy responsible? Uh, you've been right. asleep a year. So you feel so shitty. Ugh. Yeah. And then so... Uh, uh, so he goes and talks with the governor or the magistrate or whatever it is, right? And that, that guy assigns him fishing. Yes. Yeah, to follow him around. Right. See this through the end. Make they, sure are, that- they are BTs. Are BTs. <laughs> like, that's how you pronounce it. I'm like, oh, shit. That's, I guess, I've been saying it wrong. Uh, man, I got to start saying it that way. <clears throat> you don't have to start saying it. Please I'm, don't. I'm going to. Oh, the the are It's important. You know, I had to train myself not to stay, not to stay custodes. Yeah, like, and I custodes. still slip. It's custodes. And that's why it's arbetes. Cause exactly, because you have to pronounce every vowel. Yeah. They do They do an autopsy of Iclone. Yeah. And so, uh, like they... Oh, yeah, and that's where he pulls... They do the auto seance with Loink. Yes. And that's where they kind of... Like Dave had kind of mentioned, you meet Loink, which is his astropath. Right. And so they're able to go through some of his stuff, and he learns like a key code uh, that, he, that comes into play later. And then also, when they're like... They're noticing some stuff going on with his hand... Before he can really issue a warning, like the 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 doctor like pulls off his fingernail or whatever, and in a secret compartment there is some kind of like nano worm that like starts like warp entity thing that starts to grow and like starts attacking them, kind of like an alien from the movie, like one of the little alien spawns that pop up like a chestburster, yeah, and starts attacking her. Then she has to kill it with a surgical saw, which is an interesting choice. Yeah, yeah. well, let's, you know, of, use what awesome deaths in this book. By oh the way. man, yeah, use what you got on hand, right? Right. Yeah. But but they do get the name Pontius. Uh, from the yeah. kind of the psychic readings here. Yeah, it's the name of this game. So with uh, Betancourt in tow, no, Betancourt, sorry, Fishick in tow, uh, we head up to an apartment building. Uh, it's found out that the, um, one of the people who might know something about uh, Iclone's arrival and how he got there, uh, some of the signals came from this apartment building in the north. So right. off they go to, to, to kind of investigate that. In a land speeder. In a land speeder. And that is not though. There's Imperial Guard land speeders in this as sure. well, yeah. Sure. Which means like, oh man, I would want that. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we get to the the apartment building, uh, and this is kind of when Fishig really comes into his own because he like drops security grids. He like lets them get in. And again, this idea of unlimited power is you know only good if people listen to you. It's right, super happy right. to have some helpful to have someone on planet who who knows what they're doing. Um, they get in there. And they find a naked chick. And I'm like, oh. I hope to find that every time I walk into a room. <laughs> and she's very surprised by the presence of like an Inquisitor, all these Arbites, and uh, members of the Inquisition of Rats Union. And then uh, our, our guy that we're looking for kind of comes out of the toilet. Right, right. right. So firefight ensues. Firefight ensues. Well, naturally. And, as you do. Half naked chick, gunfight. Half fight. naked chick, gunfight. Uh-huh. Boom, boom, boom. They, they capture the guy who started the gunfight. And it turns out he's been kind of like psychically um, duped into helping out. So he doesn't know anything. Right. He's being taken on by Iclone. Iclone's kind of used his psychic powers to kind of get obedience without real thought. Um, so he doesn't know anything. 
So Eisenhorn is like, okay, tell me about the Pontius. And as soon as he says that, it sets off a mental trigger, which instantly kills him. Right, gives him an aneurysm. Gives him an aneurysm and kills him right away. And also sets off bombs outside the window. Right. Right. <laughs> which explode and kind of bring in the dormant winter, which is very cold. And then it's it's a fast escape back with very little information. But, uh, you're, and a half-naked chick. And you're half-naked chick. Standard. Standard edition. Standard 40K. Yeah. That's why there's been no Plastic Sisters battle so far. <laughs> so we got... Uh, yeah. So yeah, so they're, they're so he meets um, who? Oh my God, Elizabeth. Beacon. Elizabeth, thank you. Yeah, um, Beckin. Is it Beckin? I think it's Beckwin. 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 So you meet Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> you meet Mavis her, and Beacon. She, she turns out to be uh, what's known as a blank, meaning she she emits that null uh, psychic zone, like uh, kind of like um, the sister of the silence sisters. on the yes, tabletop. Yeah, the sister of silence or so the collexus. Yeah, they're super rare. Um, what I liked about it was like he kept on saying how much he hated her. <laughs> like there's well, two pages of description in the book about how much he doesn't like her. So it's it's said many many times that um, blanks really mess with people. Like they mess with people in general. But they really uh, mess with psychers a lot, and and through all the history of lore and like all the stuff we've talked about over the years is is you know they say hey listen you get a you feel ill next to these people that's why you don't want to be around them and why you don't like them but he seemed to he, over the course of the book he seems to get used to it yeah and because and really happy with it the, the well, interesting thing but, is yeah. is Beckwin doesn't know she's a blank she's gone from kind of system to system world to world as a kind of a pleasure girl is the, is the polite way to put it um and kind a of, whore. it's she's a whore um but she goes from system to system kind of plying her trade until for <laughs> whatever what right. whatever reason she's chased away because uh she's just like done <laughs> as i drop my pen um, mm, mm, mm. but like, so, so, uh, Eisenhorn is like, I know I want your services. And she's like, Oh yeah, big boy. You want me to try? And she tries to like, fuck him. And he was like, it's like, get off me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because she touches him and describes how repulsed he is to be even touched by her or even in the same room as her. Uh, uh, but no, so now we have kind of our psychic blank here, which comes in super handy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lots of times. We get some great detective work in this book as well, which shows us our next location. Uh, which is away from the, the the planet of hubris, which they're allowed to leave under the condition that uh, Fishik goes with them. Right. Right. Because they're still under investigation. Which, you know, at the same time, you're like, ah, oh, be an inquisitor. Just wave that tape away. But then, yeah, this is probably better. Um, and right. So they, yeah. they figure out about three different planets that he could have come from or three systems he could have come on based on, oh, it was a decaying uh, psychic signal. Right. Oh, right. No, it was lag on the psychic signal. Right. Because exactly. like this was like this many hours lag from this time. So that's how we know. Like, so like this, this is areas. a range of planets that are close enough. And that's when we find uh, what was the name of the world to get to there? Gudrun. Gudrun. Yeah. Gudrun. Uh, Gudrun is a massive trade um, place. Mm-hmm. Um, Fairly large planet, actually. Very large planet. Yeah. But not like uh, like hyper industrialized, like like a hive world would be or something like yeah. that. Because there are still like wilderness tracks to the world and things like that. Yeah, like, that are covered in vegetation. So that's when we uh, he he co-ops kind of a bigger ship to warp travel because I guess right. the gun cutter doesn't have warp travel capabilities. I don't think so. So um, he uh, co-ops was it the Essen? Yeah, the the Essen, which is uh, Tobias Maxilla. Yeah, yep. yeah, his ship, and he's like a ro- like an eccentric rogue trader. 
He's really cool. He's super cool. He he's alone with nothing but servitors to kind of keep him company. And when Eisenhorn takes control of him, he's he's like, all right, so how much are you paying me? Okay, I'll get you here this fast. And he's like, yeah. wow, that's really, Eisenhorn pays really very fast. well. Sure. <laughs> that's something we've learned in this. Uh, so they they head for a Goodrin. And then they come out of uh, the warp. They, they translate into real space in Goodrin. It's like 11 uh, days, right? In 11 days it takes to get. Something else I liked about this book because it was very um, precise and detailed about the amount of time this takes. Like for me before, right. you go into the warp and instantly you're out at the other place. Sure. So this is like extended like 11 days of travel through the warp. With what we know about the warp, 11 days with your Galar field and nothing else, like a lot of shit can happen then. Sure. But, uh, so, so they come out of Goodrin and, and the sky, like the space around the planet is just full of ships. Like, it's hugely populated right now. Sure. Um, and they kind of figure out what's going on is it's they're celebrating the raising of the 50th Guard Regiment to come from this planet. Yep. But 750,000 people being raised right. uh, for this great crusade that's going on. You know, everyone's celebrating and everyone's happy. Um, and then we're coming along and the, the they get a, the party. They, they get a call from the Imperial Navy. It was like, yeah, we need to board your ship for a random inspection. Yeah, so the the right the uh, no. the road trader is like, hey man, will you stand with me? Yeah, like so <laughs> yeah. I look. Oh yeah. So I so I look better for these guys when they when you they know. inspect my ship. He's like, man, what do you have to hide? Yeah, I'll stand with you, but it, man, if if you're holding something, you better tell me because like, like no, I not. will bust your ass so bad, so bad. I, I like that he just like says, exterminatus. No, I will go exterminatus on things, your ass. Things will go faster with an imperial inquisitor. Right. He's like, right. well, what do you what do you think they're looking for? And he goes, not. Ah. Nothing, because I don't have anything. These 12 guys board the ship, come inside, and just start, and they're looking at him. And Eisenhorn's standing there, and he's just, they're asking him questions and going over all the stuff. And then Eisenhorn says, hey, I can't help but notice you don't have any scanners or paperwork or anything that you want to know. And right. you haven't identified yourself yet. Uh, who are you? And the guy tells him, he says, okay, well, I'm Eisenhorn. And the guy says, Oh, you're Eisenhorn. Right. <laughs> and that's when the guns come out. And that's when the shooting starts. And yeah, all the guards start just shooting away. And of course, Eisenhorn and the rogue trader, they're not ready or expecting a gunfight whatsoever. Right. Um, but there's a fantastic action sequence again of Eisenhorn essentially running away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's really accurate. <laughs> I, I like that uh, Eisenhorn and... Um, uh, Betancourt, uh, Midas Betancourt, have the, have like key codes just uh, trained back and forth. Like he can, uh, he can. Oh, cue, their language, uh, Glossia. Yeah, he can just hit up his uh, his uh, like Fox Link twice, and, and then Midas comes running, knowing that you know something's wrong without having to say anything. You know, twice for bring me a soda, three times for uh, <laughs> bad guys for, shooting at me for a pork chop, once yeah. for a handy. Yeah, <laughs> you know it, it, it and they use it. And sometimes, you know, sadly, when you're listening to the audiobook and you're paying attention to other stuff and, and you know, suddenly this random code of words just pops up in the middle of nowhere, you kind of got to go, wait, what? Yeah. And so I was well, getting a soda. Bird 72, 50 hut hike arises. <laughs> what? <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> dormant, potato, starch feather, copy. <laughs> I was like, what? Hold on. What did I that did possibly try, mean? I did try translating as I go, but I'm like, no, I don't, I don't even did know. Did you? Yeah. yeah. It, and it just didn't. It well, bugged me. Like halfway through the book, they would just be like, you know, Fexila, Silk, Carpet Badger. Well, like, okay. So it's like Aegis desires Thorn, Thorn arising, that kind of stuff, right? Like, so yeah. like, obviously, like he wants him to come there. He tells him if there's danger. 
So you can kind of translate pieces and parts of it, but it doesn't have to be perfect. I don't think that's the point of the code language. Like it changes every time. I hope so because it literally, you know, he didn't even need to speak in code, you know, every time he did it. He was like by himself or, you know, calling what if somebody, for, what if somebody's listening to his Vox link? And they yeah. probably already knows his code. Yeah. Well, I couldn't figure it out after an entire book. See? Of it, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that complicated. <laughs> so we very slowly kill the guardsmen or I'm sorry, the fake guardsmen that are here to kill right. uh, Eisenhorn, including one great, like there's two of them chasing him in the engine room. Oh. So he decides to emergency undock their ship, which sucks them all out into space. <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty awesome. I also like yeah. that he, he's running towards uh Betancourt, Like yeah, he comes around a corner and he's like, Oh, Betancourt, thank God, and Betancourt raises up his gun and shoots at him. Now, at that point, I was like, what? And then it turns out there was a guy right behind him, and, you know, he's like, I shot the guy behind you. I was yeah, in for him all the time. Let's do stuff. Got him. And, and so the, the captain of the ship has been shot many times. So does uh, Fishig at this point, too, because yeah, he gets, Fishig, he gets oh, really right. hurt, badly Fishig hurt. Fishig is yeah, shot right. badly as well. Uh, there's a lot of injuries. This is when we find out that uh, Maximilis is a, a majority machine. Yes, he's pretty much a, a Megos of his own making. Yeah, for, from the neck down, he's pretty much all machines. So on the plus side, super easy to repair. Uh, and it kind of explains why he lives alone with a bunch of servitors uh, right. and all that kind of stuff there. Um, but what we get now is a great conversation and again this shows like a different side of how the imperium treats inquisitors when we get like a really high-ranking officer of the imperial navy kind of answering for what the fuck just happened right and eisenhorn just kind of lays down the law on this guy and this poor guy is being like as honest as he could be and he's like oh well this happened and this happened and he's like really because it didn't because how that went down. they said that the uh, the message came directly from the Vox on the uh, the ship that the the deserters they were called deserters right, right. right. they were deserters yeah. we we learned that like it used to be a five hundred thousand person regiment that was being raised and then all of a sudden it was raised to seven hundred and fifty thousand so there's lots of pissed off people right. and they were saying right. these twelve people deserted and I'm like oh so these twelve new conscripts were able to fly a spaceship. <laughs> from the ground to orbit past the this proper, track with the proper codes with the proper codes and the proper and then all the the message came from the ship like oh really because my uh, astropath says it came from the planet uh astropathically do you have an astropath on that ship sir he's like no uh, i'm sorry <laughs> and uh, he's just super nervous about it but at this point he decides to go like don't tell anyone about this we're going to let them think they succeeded and that we're dead. Right. And this is when we get uh, to Goodrun itself. And Eisenhorn goes there pretending to be a grain merchant. Right. Of Xenos grain. A Xenos grain merchant. So it was, is it Xenos grain modified? Is that a problem? Oh, uh, it's well, XMO. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think a, a great part of this is when they're going up and they meet the person. The, the And Eisenhorn's pretending to be this grain merchant. And... Uh, uh, Beckwin is pretending to be his is like board wife. his high, high class board wife. Yeah, and she does such a fucking good job. Yeah, and he's not expecting it, right? He, he's, he's like, no, yeah, oh, okay, cool, good cool. job. Shit. Yeah, he's expecting nothing of her, and she's like, I'm bored. The other people gave us all this money and free stuff. Like, oh shit, we'll give you this. What do you want? <laughs> and she like lists off all this high class stuff that she yeah. has to have. And he's like, okay, shit, that really works. And it's like, but it really helps sell because he starts to ask questions that he can, like Eisenhorn isn't able to answer, and Beckwin's able to kind of jump in with this. Oh, bring me and this redirect. fancy tea and redirect, and while still not kind of giving them away. 
Uh, and he says, yep. they, you know, so they're they're there and they want to um, they're using their grain uh, merchant connections to try to connect with the house of um, Glaw. Glaw. House Glaw. Right. Mm -hmm. House Glaw um, saying that so and so told me that we should House Glaw would be the person, the, the right people to redistribute it to the planet and, mm -hmm. you know, get us the best profit for our grain from our weird planet that we from. what was super good was he was like it's it's a specially cultured one so you've lost all your men this is easier to take care of and the Sick. guy's like is it xenos cultured and eisenhorn's like will that be a problem and he's like oh no 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 and like you think oh he just wants to shoot that guy right now or right, like pull right. out a badge and be like yeah i got a really good grain bust <laughs> <laughs> i like that it's cereal they it's yeah it's because um the planet is losing all of its farm hands effectively so they won't be able to grow enough food and he's using that as the reason why you know like this yeah. is uh this is cereal so you'll be able to feed all your people. And he has at this point kind of a suspicion that it's the Glaw family because it goes into the history of the Glaws and how they kind of fell to chaos a few thousand years ago. It wasn't even that long. Yeah. It was just a couple of generations yeah. ago. Like Pontius Claw yeah. uh, fell to chaos. Pontius Claw, who is dead, um, is part of the factoring in with this, which is why we came to this planet in the first place. Because they figured out how... Uh, uh, Iclone got to the planet and got onto the planet of Hubris in the first place with this rogue captain. Uh, so they send out like a oh, fake yeah, yeah. message, like to, I'm looking to, the, to hire somebody so that they can get uh, the the fake captain or the right. captain. Right, and there's like a vessel. there's yeah. So they send these drones with messages on this planet to like send letters. So instead of sending a letter, do you send a drone? And it tracks you by your scent. Right, it smells you mm, like mm. those Oathbreaker missiles. Right, they right. smell dishonor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, anyway, so like he tries to get in contact with this rogue trader. Uh, shit goes sideways. The rogue trader kind of escapes, but uh, one of his minions they kind of try and like chase him down. He, he steals a hover car, and Eisenhorn gets on a hover bike. And, okay. and chases yeah. after him. Now, mind you, all the revelry is happening at this point in time from all these guardsmen who are, are being raised. And so they're drunkenly partying, apparently, in all these canals. I, I imagine right. the city is very yeah, similar we're to gonna Venice. Die. Sure. And, uh, and he, the, the rogue trader captain, um, tries to take the, the hover car, or whatever he's got, or the boat that he jumped in the gondola. Oh, I think right. It's very, it is very, the rogue trader himself, yeah. Um, because you're right, uh, and he he like slams into the party boats. Of course, the guardsmen aren't going to have that, so it turns into this big old thing. Because he pulls he, out a gun, and then they're like, yeah. oh, "I don't think so, buddy." <laughs> hey, there's sixty of us with las rifles. What are you going to do with that? First rank fire, second rank fire. <laughs> <laughs> so they board. It's the, super they board effective. The ship yeah, and, and he ends up exploding and, right. and dying. And I was like, oh, and that's huh. what brings Voke out of hiding because yeah. he's like, oh what yeah, the so that happens before, like, dude. What are you doing? I was like, I, I was following that guy. So I like that scene because it was very um, uh, James Bond uh, in the canals of Venice type thing. Where sure. he's like, or uh, Indiana Jones, you know, when they're oh, chasing. Oh, yeah, him. there you go. It's like Indy. So then they're in their hotel room and and Heldane, who features in the Gaunt's Ghost books uh, on several different occasions, mm -hmm. uh, tries to break into their house. Um, oh, and then they have the gun battle. Right? Yeah. Well, they have kind of like a, yeah. like a, like a, a psyker battle. Tough up. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so then Voke is like, I don't approve of you sneaking around. So, like, he's like a more direct inquisitor. Like, um, like if he was on hubris, he would be like, yes, 20,000 people died. But because they needed to, I'm an inquisitor. Let me go the fuck out of my business. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You, how many of you are in here? Do you want to make it 20,000 and 21? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's, he's a very direct inquisitor. In fact, that's Eisenhorn says he doesn't really like his methods. Well, he, he says he's done. Yeah, he does. He says he's been investigating the Glaws for years. And that's something Eisenhorn points right. out is like, well, if you're doing it right, then you wouldn't need years. 
Sure. And this, I think he's Eisenhorn's super young at this point here too. He's Forty-eight years. He's old. forty-eight for an Inquisitor. That is super young, right? It's before he starts having a bunch of rejuvenation yeah. and stuff like that, right? So, so like I said, maybe the kind of the new way is kind of the the stealthy way. But he pretty much says like, "Stay the fuck out of my way. Don't right. don't ruin right. this for me." And Eisenhorn kind of suggests working together to kind of bring down everyone. Yeah. So Volk sends along Heldane with Eisenhorn to go to Houseclaw. Um, but Haldane is forced to join, and this is the second person now forced on Eisenhorn. And Eisenhorn doesn't like Haldane. He, he does no. not like Haldane at all. Mm-mm. And so Haldane and uh, Midas come on as like high, they are supposed to look like hired muscle, like his bodyguards. Um, well, and he he brings pretty much his entire retinue with him, right? But under but except for Lowink, yeah, he doesn't bring Lowink with him, right? But because he has to look like a hard rogue trader and like taking like look how powerful I am with my protection, right? And so they go to dinner at the Grawls. Gloss. Gloss. Sorry. No uh, they go to dinner at the Gloss along it's with like the Dave merchant Grohl of G Fighters. What's that? Dave Grohl of the Food Fighters. <laughs> the Grohls. The Grohls. They, they meet up with the merchant guild that they're trying to work a deal with. And they Air fly out in the middle here. of nowhere, right? Yeah. The, so the House Claws. Yeah. yeah. House Claws, like in the middle of this like huge expanse of tundra and forest and stuff on, a, on the side of a mountain. And it's like this giant, like. Super expensive. 300 bedroom house like with everything that you could ever imagine. So you could say it was excessive. You could say it was. (laughs) (laughs) You could say that. Full of pride. Yeah. Mm. Uh, And they kind of, they get the tour. They were invited to kind of a big dinner. And this is the, the first time we meet. Or Gorgon Locke. Yeah, Gorgon Locke. As there is a, is described as a rogue trader. Yep. He's really all right. Yeah. Uh, and what's happening here while this dinner is happening is they have they are mapping out the inside uh, sure. of the of the claws right. Midas estate. and Heldane are not like sneaking out the window. Supposed to be you know in the bedroom hanging out. Right. Like, yeah. But they're, they're sneaking out, and kind of mapping around as best as they can. The, the like claws their speed game. suit. <laughs> That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And then after this fantastic dinner, you know, everyone's full and they go home. uh, They combine it with uh, Voke, with his maps of the place. Right. And that's when they find that there's a whole secret wing. Yeah. Underground. It doesn't match any of the blueprints that are on file with the Imperial uh, Blueprint Society. So being a smart man, Eisenhorn sneaks (laughs) into the secret underground places alone. Right. Because I mean. Right, just he, a bunch of rich, fat merchants. How bad can this place be? You know? Right, they're probably not chaos cultists. Yeah, yeah probably, probably not. not. Oh nope. Wait, wait. Yeah. Oh wait. So yeah, yeah, he, oh, he yeah, overhears all of the <laughs> so like uh, like Oberyn Glaw and a couple of the Glaws kind of kind of talking about their evil schemes Along and what with they're going to do. Dazzo the Ecclesiarch, which is another member of yeah. There is uh, Locke is there as well, yep, yep. and they're all kind of talking about their evil schemes, but right. in very vague terms. So right. Eisenhorn doesn't quite know. They're all smoking um, Obscura. Yes. And so I, I see them smoking big cigars and like sniftering brandy and kind of swilling it around. Yeah, the dude was the dude was smoking out of a water pipe. I'm pretty sure that's not a cigar. <laughs> so, so I like the scene where he's crawling out the window and down because um, there, there's a, a scene where he's sitting there and there's a couple guards just kind of oh, yeah, uh, yeah, just yeah. like enjoying the Obscura. Uh, below him and he's like "Mm, i really need these people to move i'm getting too old to be hunched on a windowsill my knees are hurting (laughs) so he uses his will he uses the will to make him get like (laughs) paranoid like paranoid somebody's gonna cops are coming i I wonder if he was like we better not hang out under this window in case an old inquisitor falls on us with bad (laughs) knees (laughs) because that would hurt so bad uh i just i just like him he was like i've got to use the will here 
move. <laughs> so we hear like our half-heard conversation about what's going on. Um, we hear, was it about the, the great undertaking? Um, and then he kind of sees a, a ray-shielded entrance. Uh, and he kind of hides behind the keypad there. And he sees a guy, kind of the, the unluckiest guy in the world, walk through the door. Right. And then he kind of chokes the bitch out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and he used his key code that he found on Hubris to get into the secret yes. place, too, which was Day Sumner. Day Sumner. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Good, good pull. I was literally looking at the word. I'm kind of yeah. surprised you managed to pull that one back. And then, so he, this book, like, he goes into this, times. <laughs> he goes into this, uh, like, almost, like, cathedral-like room, and it's, like, very, like, holy, like, set up probably like a, like an artifact room from a church or something, you know? Sure. And he kind of walks towards it, and that's when he gets caught. Right. Like, just gets laid out. Turns actually. around and sees like all of the the claws kind of behind the ray shield, looking in and be like, "Oh, the fuck are you doing here?" I got here? lost. I was yeah. going a different way. He tries to say that he got lost and I accidentally walked through several miles of your building to get to this underground <laughs> lair. And using this heat resistant like uh, like suit that I stealth suit that I have on <laughs> with like <laughs> suction gloves and these are pajamas. Climbing this equipment. is what I sleep in. <laughs> um, and then he feels like he gets knocked out from the back. Right. Uh, and this, there's a box on the altar. Yeah, because there's the box in the altar and there's no one else behind him and he kind of gets knocked down. And this is when we he wakes up and he is pinned down in what is one of the most terrifying scenes I've read in a 40K book. Oh my God. Uh, he is tied down. He has all of the claws around him. Uh, but most importantly, he has uh, Gorgon Locke Gorgon over Locke. him. Yeah, And Gorgon Locke very calmly explains how he has been trained in various forms of torture. Um, and that uh, he was going to use them, and yep. you know, and it talks about how he manipulates yep. nerves. You'll he can, tell like, me, yeah. fry them out, right? Yeah. And so he's talking about how he's what he's going to do to Eisenhorn, and this like well, this is like one of my favorite lines because it always makes me grin, like what he's going to do to him and make him like you know paralyze his face or whatever, right? And so, so Eisenhorn tells him that his sister like commended him uh said his love making skills were much better than like <laughs> Lots. And it's, yeah and as somebody who is really into your mom jokes like that really just made me made me made me smile i really uh, feel that <laughs> originally dan abnett put in uh, your mother commended me about my love making better than yours but the editors were like can it's we too far it's too far can we do something else can we do something more Game of Thrones? But he, he severs a bunch of nerves in Eisenhorn. It's described as he's in so much pain that, you know, he's like, I'm going to make it so you can never smile again. And he cuts a bunch of neural nerves. Oh, see, he, I, he, um, I, I love that actually. He says, he, he says the, the lovemaking skills thing. And then Locke just grips his face with the, and the needles lance in his cheek and he black out for a minute. And you just hear, he's like, I, had, I haven't killed him. Okay. And as Locke comes back and he's like, look at him. Where's that cocksure smile now? You yeah. little bastard. By the way, you'll never smile again. And I was like, he Ooh. he he manipulates like, nerves so he can't lie. And this is when yeah. we find out there's like, what are you most afraid of? He's like, ha, we'll use it against you. And he's like, the eyeless man. And Eisenhorn says, like, I was surprised by that answer. <laughs> we're like, oh shit, because oh yeah, rewind. He's been seeing in his dreams this eyeless, scary man. Right. Yeah. So that's some foreshadowing, I guess. I yeah. Don't know. I. The, the the questions they got there, you know, when you take a truth, uh, lie detector test, they always ask you your question: What's your name? What's your age? What sex are you? Stuff like that. The the questions that he busted out with is like: What are your name? Where were you born? Uh, Who do you have sex with first? <laughs> and then your, your darkest sister. fear. And I was like, 
Why was the sex question in there? That's, <laughs> how were they going to verify whether he was telling the truth or not? Because it was because I think it was embarrassing, you know. Yeah. Like, you or would still it's, tell it. It's a Slanashi thing, maybe. I don't know. Oh yeah, because that's kind of their thing. That's, right? that's that's their thing. Hmm. But anyway, so he gets done questioning him, throws him into a jail cell, and then with he, the rest of his with retinue. the rest of his retinue, the rest of his retinue is taken there too. Everyone's captured, and then he gets thrown. Except Midas. Yes, except Midas who slipped out the window. Like a boss. Like a boss. Uh, but everyone else is there and they get thrown into a fighting pit, gladiator style, against beasts and hounds oh, of the Carnadon. world. Carnadon. Along yeah. with the merchants, merchants that he introduced himself to. <laughs> to start with, like, they're oh, like, Yeah, because he's like, yeah. We had no idea you were an Inquisitor. What are you doing? <laughs> He's like, are you an Inquisitor yet? And he's like, well, what the fuck, man? <laughs> We're going to get killed. We had no idea. So, so on this world, uh, Carnadons were the dominant predator. And they're still revered. Like it's used in like griffins on uh, on nobles' houses and stuff like that. They're still sure. using like the... Like, you know what's the deadliest predator in that planet? Man. Man. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so they, they get... Oh, man. You should have timed that a lot better. That was like no, whatever. I'll get the next one. Yeah, okay, right. cool, good. They're in a they're in a gladiatorial. Pit. And again, another kind of uh, fight scene where oh. you really don't know who's going to survive and who's not, and right. everything is in danger. So right before they get thrown into the fight scene, they're sitting there, and Heldane, uh, Heldane, yeah, right, yeah, um, mm-hmm. is sitting there, and he's talking. He's like, "Are you okay, Eisenhorn? All right, good. Here." And then he slips some drugs out of his sleeve and says, "Here, take See, this." This is why no it's one like fucking likes Heldane. No, right. there's lots of reasons. Slipping drugs to fucking right? people. He slips a tiny red pill out and he's like, here, take this. Oh, I don't do drugs. Yeah, I don't give a damn if you do drugs or not. Okay? You're going to take I need you this. ready to fight. I need you ready for what's going to happen next. What? And then he takes the drugs and then, then it's like, ain't you? haven't you ever been in gladiatorial count or ever seen gladiatorial combat? Oh, yeah, because he got thrown into the thing. He right. takes a pill and he's like, yeah, haven't you ever been in gladiator? He's like, gladiator combat? What? What? <laughs> yeah. And- and then the door opens and oh, I thought he didn't take out. the pill, and he was and he was thought to himself like, man, I really wish I would have taken that. Pill. Oh no, he totally took the pill. Oh, okay, yeah. So in our arena, we have uh, two of the the beasts, these giant kind of animals. They're, they're chained. They're, yeah. they're they're the second deadliest animal on the planet after man. And after man, <laughs> uh, and and these carnadons are, are chained up. But they're chained up in a way where they can reach all of the arena apart from the seating areas because right. the animals are starved so that they fight because they only kill to eat, apparently. Okay. So, so like, they want them to eat the people and not the, the, the watcher and the viewer. So, we cue episode uh, three, right? That's episode two. Is it episode two? So, we cue episode two where clearly George Lucas stole this from Dan Abnett. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clearly. As, as is tradition. Right. right. Um, and, and then... It takes all of them pretty much to kill one of them. So all of like the inquisitorial retinue, uh, fuck the, the the poor grade merchant. Oh man, they just they die like immediately. Dies immediately. I, I want to imagine in in my head they didn't actually kill it so much as it choked on the uh, the bones of the of uh, the merchants that just ate so that, fast. That's fair. That's probably yeah. exactly uh, what happened there. Just. Uh, Oh, the dead. And then it took so much out of them killing this other one. They're like, wow, what the fuck? Why don't we just cut the chain? Yeah, so yeah, he figures out the Eisenhorn chain. like twists the his dagger or whatever, breaks the breaks the chain. Scythe. He busts oh, it with yeah, a scythe. Yeah, yeah, a little hand scythe. And then uh and then it, it gets loose. He rides it, right? Up to the top. 
Wait, he rides it into the stands. When did episode one? When did episode two come out? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> He rides it up into the stands, and it just starts murdering people. Except for then, like, so the House Gloss soldiery comes in. Oh, the one Glaw guy takes oh, out, like, real, an antique hunting rifle Glaw. and nails that thing after it's killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, 2002, uh, episode two came out, so they stole it from They totally, totally stole, stole that. it from Man. Us. Dan, I feel for you, dude. You, you got to get some of that Star Wars money. Some of that sweet <laughs> prequel money. <laughs> oh, man, it's owned by Disney. <laughs> It's owned by Disney now, homie. You're in the money. <laughs> gonna see the next time you see a picture of Dan Abnett, he's gonna be wearing Mickey Mouse ears and dancing around. Now, what do you mean, dude? He Guardians is owned by yeah. Disney. <laughs> now he he gets like after uh, Glaw kills the rampaging beast and saves his people and his attendee, they hear like this random siren that was going off in the background. But before there was too much noise to hear it, right? And Glaw's like, "What the hell is that?" And it turns out. This is uh, the reinforcements coming to free Eisenhorn. Yeah, because Midas has signaled Voke, and yeah. Voke is sending like all these naval security, like elite yeah. like, stormtroopers. It's, it's almost like there's five hundred thousand troops on that planet. Yeah, they can draw oh, from. And then they also surrounded it by like a, like ten thousand dudes or what, like ten thousand guardsmen, like around the whole like complex. I don't know. It's a lot. There, there was a lot. Yeah. Sure. So I, what I liked about this scene was that uh, you got Midas cr- climbs up the backside and like sits up in a sniper, oh, yeah. sniper he's position, just picking off people with a with, needle rifle. Yeah, he's got all these needle oh, weapons. Man, it would be really awesome if he picked off any of the claws, though. Yeah, well, well he, did, <laughs> he did actually. Dude, he's just a henchman. Like you can't expect that much. He of follows him. the character targeting rules too yeah. well. When he has <laughs> they a sniper were never rifle, the closest target. Once once he got down all the regular guys, he did actually shoot Uriel Glaw. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, he does. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, oh, that's right. Yeah. One of them. Right, there was like four Glaws there. Two actual now? Glaws. There was the off cu- the world oh, cousin that was like yeah. the bastard Glaws. Idiot. Yeah. The Glaw. <laughs> Toby Glaw. Toby Glaw. <laughs> Toby. Toby, the bastard cousin. Uh, yeah. So they, they wing him. Uh, and, and he runs, you know, down the passageway to try to get away. And Eisenhorn, who is still messed up, gives chase, trying to catch him. Runs by him, gets attacked by him, kills him. Word. Word. As That's is. pretty much how it goes. And then he passes out because he's been right. literally tortured for days. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then had to. What a badass. They talk about he keeps waking up and coming in and out of consciousness in the hospital or, or the, the kind of the medevac area. Um, and they say like he has like miles of fake nerves put in. Yes. Yeah, so he has work done. Like a ton of work to repair himself. Well, let's talk about what happened with the gloss before we talk about oh, like, yeah, yeah, how yeah. hard Eisenhorn got his ass whooped. Right, like, um, so the Glaws all escape, right, with with Dazzo and some of the other folks in a speed in like a a, a flyer, yeah. uh, along with Gorgon Locke. Um, and one more, one more person, um, the the Dazzo. No, it's not Dazzo. It's M Malahite. Malak, yeah. Malachi? Right? is that his Malahite? Name? Okay. Malahite. Malahite. Yeah, okay. Um, and so well, you don't find out his name until uh, later. Later, yeah. Some dude. Okay. Um. So he, so they so they so they get away. Supposedly get away in a speeder that supposedly gets shot down. Uh, spoilers: It does not get shot down. They escape. <gasps> along with along with a box. Along with yeah, the box. The Pontus. Yes. The, he gets away with the box that, that was in that little room where he got knocked out. Um. And then it's described a very long road of recovery. Uh. To kind yeah, of get eyes and heart right. matter. And it's and miles of nerves. Find out miles of nerves go in there. Like I was like, um, Locke was accurate. He can no longer smile because of all of the nerve damage, 
which is the most grimdark injury I've ever heard of. <laughs> Be like, what are your war wounds? Oh, I can't smile. Ooh, ooh. That's harsh. Harsh. Savage. But it does make for some amazing deadpan jokes, which mm. come in later. Oh, yeah. He's a really good straight man. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, he'd be the best the straight best man. The best straight man. Um, what was super cool about this part is now we're kind of getting into when we're chasing after the Gloss and kind of figuring stuff out. Um, it's at this point I realized 40K is just um, pirate stories. Pirate stories? Like, literally, it's just pirate stories because all talk of space travel is just naval travel. Kind of. That's like, true. They use terms like a gravity anchor. They follow in their wake, you know, and it's just it's yeah, their the warp wake. Yeah. Their warp wake and everything is like, and that's how they were able to kind of find out which way the claws were going is like, um, oh, this big, mm. no, because of this, this big battle starts happening. How can I forget the oh, yeah. insurrection so on hubris? It's everywhere. It's the entire system. Right. Um, so you've got the, the new guardsmen that have just been deployed up to um, the naval getting ready for the Great Crusade when suddenly... Some of the ships uh, turn and, and fire on some, and and then break and run. Right. Um, and then also, uh, a, a, like a fleet cultist. goes after them as well. Yeah, the the fleet chases after them as well. And they have and, some and, of the trader fleet too. They have their own fleet. Right. Well, they, but they don't know it's a trader fleet. They're oh no! Just, yeah, like, they're trying they're to just, figure out what the fuck is happening. Yeah, the claws are like, "Let's go, buddy!" And then they just go because they th- they're still loyal to the Imperium. Uh, so the, the stuff is going on for a while. The, the hives break and run. All sorts of stuff goes on. I like this right here. It's, 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 I believed with all the conviction that it would be uh, better for the planets themselves to burn than for uh, that true matter to be accomplished. True matter being whatever that they were trying to do. The great the undertaking. Planet. Right. Yeah. Whatever they're trying to do on the planet. And he says, which is why I went to Damask. So he's like, which is why I said, I don't care about the heresy and left. And that's the world that Dazzo went to or that was talking about mm-hmm. right during their dinner. He gave like this long spiel about all the missionary work that he was doing and like this kind of like pilgrim war or like this uh, like backwater world. Right. And so they kind of get the idea once they see where they're like where the warp where the warp wake is going, that that's the place that they should investigate next. So he, he gets back on the uh, the, the Essen. Yep. Um, to Damask. To Damask. There we go. I Which, thought Damos for some reason. But what, a cool, what a cool world though, right? Like I loved the description, the floating forests. Yeah. Yeah. The whole description of the planet sounded really cool. Oh my cool. God. Just, That's Abnett though, man. Like he does a good job with that stuff. And world building. That's what yeah. he does. And characters. Mm-hmm. He's good characters. But we get to this planet, this beautiful planet, and this is where they're doing the excavation. Right? And they have, yeah, they find no signs of civilization except for some like burned down like, like structures and stuff yeah. like that. And, and they're supposed to be like, you know, 16,000 people on this planet at or least yeah so, mm-hmm. so it's it's really confusing so they set up a perimeter they're camping they're camping yeah it's a beautiful floating forest world you go yeah. to camp they're camping <laughs> and this is where Abna takes the book off uh, off the rails for about two and a half chapters where they just Eisenhorn the camping that <laughs> <laughs> Quinn produced fine s'mores <laughs> oh man no they were so good they were heretical <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah uh, that's it folks the episode yeah over. that's it that's good <laughs> We're done. no it. can't top that one boys and, um, so they find a guy that is uh right guy finds uh three guys find their camp and beckwin subdues one of them by herself the other two run away and it, they're basically they just look like uh amazonian tribesmen to her you sure. know so, you know they're they have this own weird language that Oh yeah, it's like it's like old English, really old English. Like, Verily, 
Yeah. Yeah, but it's extra older than that. Thy verily. Forsooth. There you go. Hmm. Uh, and, and she can't communicate with him. Cause she's just like, I don't... She's a whore. Right. (laughs) It's the universal language. They should be able to communicate, right? So luckily they have Amos with them. Right. They have Amos who goes, I can translate. Oh, Amos who like has to learn everything. Thank God for him. I was like, hold on. Do, do, do. Yeah, I can translate. The guy says, verily, forsooth, I PBR the, my Lord kitchen table. Are you just just looking at things and saying words? (laughs) And Amos goes, and Amos says, uh, his name is, uh, Varric and he is, uh, from this village. He wants some PBR. And he'd love some of your PBR (laughs) and your s'mores. So, um, so they trans, they have this conversation and they decide they've got, uh, he can lead them back to the camp because he escaped from the camp. And he tells them about how the missionaries came down and, and started teaching him about God. And then like, hey, you know, God Emperor wants you to dig in these tunnels over here. <laughs> so start digging. Never and mind then, the volcanic Oh, fumes. good old colonial <laughs> people. Right? Uh, and so they start digging. And when they're not digging fast enough, they just uh, lock rounds up everybody. Like, get in the tunnels and dig it. So Man, and, uh, he's a super nice guy. So they 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 have uh, I can't remember the actual guy's name. He di- he dies really fast. So I'm not gonna remember. Fezzik. Tim. We're gonna call him Fezig. Um, okay. He he uh, he he leads them back in through these tunnels and this uh, this water and they're they're in there and Eisenhorn knows he's safe because he's with Be- um, Beckwin and yep. and uh, Amos. No, no, uh, it's it, it's um, fishing. Fishing is with him. Fishing with a heavy uh, stubber. With the heavy stubber. And, he's uh, very happy about that heavy stubber. Yeah, he's, heavy he stubber. loves the heavy stubber. <laughs> Uh, and, he's and, like uh, Carl Weather. No, he's like Jesse Ventura in Predator <laughs> with that heavy stubber. Yeah. Makes him do a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> sexual caradon. <laughs> sexual caradon. <laughs> uh, so they sneak into the caves and they're sitting there watching. And and he's, what are they? You know, they're seeing people dig and dig and dig. And all of a sudden, somebody sees something and they call for uh, Locke and um, Damas and the other guy, Mathis. Matthias. Um, Jeb, Jeb, no, the uh, the, with the, the actual point. the actual archaeologist. But um, and and so they're sitting there, and he's like, uh, "You, Locke, looks at a guardsman and says, you take this,' and he hands him like this uh, drill saw, like a Gene Steeler saw, right, right, and, and it's like, dig this out." Oh, I did notice that they started using Gene Steeler cult tools, right? I did yeah. too. I was like, "Oh, is yeah. it going to be a Gene Steeler cult?" Uh, so they're digging the uh, digging out these these panels and putting them in a box carefully. And all of a sudden, the guardsman breaks one, and Locke loses his shit. Yeah, he does. He goes nuts in one of the best scenes in the book, in my opinion. Uh, just oh, is that is it. that your favorite scene? Yeah, it's one of the when the one guy dude. abuses his power and beats a slave. Oh, he just no, no just, it's a full on guardsman. One of the actual guardsmen. He doesn't Galdun. just beat him. He yeah he he cuts starts, him he into pieces. starts beating the ever living shit of him. Picks up the saw and it was like. Uh, and meanwhile, the archaeotechologist is sitting there like, oh, it's fine. I can fix it. I can fix it. I can repair it. And Locke just shoots him a glance and then goes absolutely nuts on this guy, and holds him up by his throat, throws him against the wall. And when the guy's like, I'm sorry, Locke revs up the saw and chops his head off, covering everybody around him with gore. The slaves are recoiling. The guardsmen are like, oh my god, what's happening? And then he hands the saw to the next guardman and says. Be more careful. Brutal. I was yeah. like, "Whoa, that is some grim, dark brutalness right there." Yeah, it's a good bad guy. That is, uh, he's he's crazy. See oh, yeah. the the chaos, this chaos space marine and um, you're not Uriel, um, Oberon, 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 Glock step out of a tent and they're fighting. They're arguing. They're, they're arguing. arguing. He's arguing with uh, an emperor's children. 
Mandragor. Yeah, a bastard child of the Emperor is how they're referred to throughout this book, and I love that term for them. Yeah. Child and, of the Emperor. And they're sitting there watching, and, and Eisenhorn is like drawn to the beauty of the armor and, and the gold. Yeah, yeah don't look goes, into it too and much. he's like, oh, I'm just, I'm not gay, but I could be, you know, and then he finally breaks contact. And, and like shakes it off. He's like, oh man, oh, maybe I shouldn't have stared at that for so long. That's kind of so fucking me up. Really weird. I got the weirdest. <laughs> Let's stare at it right some now. more. I got the weirdest direction. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Glaw is yelling at the Space Marine, uh, Chaos Space Marine. And there's a point in the Chaos Space Marine is like, oh, fuck you. I don't need you. And he goes to like raise his hand to just backhand his head off his shoulders. And this is when, was it Dazzle comes yeah, out? Dazzle's yeah. And he's just like psychic powers is like, knock it the fuck off. You need us. It, and psychic I, powers him into submission. And he realizes, and that's when Eisenhorn realizes, oh shit, Dazzo's like like an alpha level psyker, like a total fucking badass. Right. Like like Eisenhorn's like, I know Smite, but that guy knows like 15. Super Smite. That guy, that guy, <laughs> that guy rolled an 11. <laughs> he, gets, <laughs> he gets plus one to cast Smite. <laughs> I, I did like the way he uh, he diffuses that he, he sub, uh, um talks him into submission. He's like, oh, well, we're so honored to have you here and also this and this and this. Oh, and by the way, you're never going to try to touch us again. So but, so after they stare at the armor, this, mm-hmm. I mean, happened, this happens like right after, right? Yeah, so yeah. this is this. Yeah. Beckwin takes off, like leaves because she also stared at the at the Emperor's, the Emperor, the Emperor's children's armor um, and like loses her shit. Yeah. So she gets like affected, like, I don't know, not psychically, but like it just... Emotionally. Yeah, it just yeah. emotionally destroys her. So she runs and hides in some building that's when all of a sudden everybody knows that eisenhorn and fishig are there and goes oh shit eisenhorn is right over there kill that motherfucker because dazzo can sense them. oh i right. also like to think that they're just like like standing like 10 feet away right <laughs> behind like right. a really thin yeah. sign it's like in a video game when you're in a bush right like, like <laughs> they were just in a couple of boxes sliding around on the floor yeah right. or like holding a sign being like not eisenhorn <laughs> holding the tree holding the tree in front of themselves Oh uh, yeah, good times. Uh, yeah, well, as soon as, and, and you know nobody realizes he's there until he realizes that that um, Beckwin's gone, and he's like, "Oh no, Beckwin's gone." They're gonna be able to oh, see yeah, me. Beckwin's a, Beckwin's a blank hiding his yeah. psychic. Right, shadow. exactly. Yeah. Beckwin runs away, and Dazzle's like, "Oh shit, it's Eisenhorn's here <laughs> over there. Kill him." So uh, firefight ensues. They release. Um, they have. Uh, they have uh, uh, pet attack hyenas that they release against them. Mm-hmm. Um, and like chase them down so they have to kill those running firefight fishing guns about down a bunch of dudes with his heavy stubber uh, they, they find uh, Glaw's uh, trunk and personal possessions yep. and there's a lot of luggage so they're cutting through um, through buildings to right, uh, these new right, hab buildings right. to, to get away because they, they've hooked back up with Beckwin so now they're invisible again yeah they find they find her curled up in the corner of a, of a building yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so they're running through buildings and they realize they run into like the newest tab building and Eisenhorn realizes that it's Oberon's quarters. Right. So he starts going through his luggage and, and I like the other, the other <laughs> like guy's like, TSA, what are you doing? What are you, we don't have time for this. What are you looking is it, for? Is it Betancourt like, we're going to fucking die. We need to leave now. Like, just a no, minute. No, just a minute. Uh, Betancourt's uh, back at the. Oh yeah. It's that, a Fishick, right? Yeah. yeah Fishick is like losing um, his shit. And he's like, come on, man. We got to go. We got to go. Get in the van. We got to go. <laughs> And and so the, and meanwhile they've queued up their box comms and he's like uh, Phoenix Rising PBR Chair Sample uh, Twenty Two 
And he's like, no problem. Acknowledge coming. Uh, <laughs> Which ironically in code means problem. Yeah. yeah problem. <laughs> uh, get the, get, get the gun, uh, the gun cutter airborne and get over here and be here in this time in this area. And now this is another really great part in the book is they start walking out to the platform where the gun cutter is going to meet them and they pass more suitcases and trunks. And uh, Fishik is like, don't you fucking think about it. <laughs> and I said, like, okay. And then they run out to the landing pad. And like they see the gun cutter coming from the distance, and then right in front of them, they see the you know, space marine just start to really quickly walk towards them. And Eisenhorn's like, "Fuck, run away now!" <laughs> <laughs> and they all run away from this castle, which is like I think it's great because like again, it's not something we see necessarily on the table of being terrified of these things, but they are literally running for the lives on it. Right. It's described as they run into this room, and the chaos space marine runs through, just walks through the wall to get to them. Right. Yeah, and just like kool-aid man's it into there exactly and he's like all right stop you're not gonna touch me because i've got this and he, some of the stuff that he was digging for he pulls up he pulls out the box um and so he he's like i've got this and i know you want it so we're gonna work a deal and the dazzo makes the chaos space marine back off right 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 because he doesn't want to destroy it and then we're in a, he's got like a thermal detonator yeah. next to it or whatever, we got like right? a mexican standoff right here because eisenhorn's like you let me leave and i'll blow this or i'll blow this up it's yep. like I would rather it blow up than let you leave with it. Yeah. yeah. So the gun cutter comes in and lands, and they start making their way towards the gun cutter. And uh, he says, "Listen, if anything happens to me, blow up the box." And so the guns spin around and like just start tracking the box. And uh, and they're like, "What? Well, uh, we can't work a deal with you. There's no way you're an inquisitor. You won't give us the box later." And the, and the, they're like, "He's like, well, you know what? It's true. It's a deal. I guess we're at an impasse. There's nothing we can do." And then they run. <laughs> so so Oberon says, "I'll give you ten. Se- I'll give you like ten minutes if you just ten drop seconds. Ten, to go. Sure, yeah, yeah. If you drop the box, and yep. and, and Eisenhorn's like, uh, all right, okay, drops the box. One runs in. Ten. Yeah, run. Yeah, j- runs into the gun cutter. They take off, and there's like there's flight scrambling from uh, from the Renegade fleet, which right, is now in which orbit. Is in orbit. And so like they there's a dramatic." Escape and so the, the S scene has also keyed up. Hey guys, uh, big old flight of people coming in. So I'm, I'm gonna a- go ahead and bounce out a little bit. I'll be on the outer <laughs> rings. You can get a hold of me later. Uh, holla! And, and then this described in the thing is they know that like the the pilot is going very high, very fast based on the angle of ascent because mm-hmm. <laughs> right, he's trying right. to piece the fuck out of there. <laughs> and then we get our kind of our only real space battle. Uh, in the book here, mm, yeah, you know fair. what? I, I think uh, I think Lucas actually did this one better. Uh, I will say, <laughs> um, in Empire. Oh man, uh, yeah. Eisenhorn did the old Han Solo, kind of, and he flies straight for this moon, and uh, that's no moon. That's, that's a no. Hiding, mo- oh. that's, that's a hiding space, right? Well, it's so that you get this run and gun battle with with the standard Imperial Guard um, space uh, fighter I ships. They were Thunder lightnings, holds? lightnings, lightnings. I think, yeah, yeah. So they, they get this battle going, and he's he's doing all sorts of crazy stuff where he's flying low to the ground where they can't, you know, to this moon that they can't do, and he's 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 doing the go through gullies and stuff, and he then he janked, and then he breaks, he air breaks, so they go by him, you know, <laughs> uh, and he kills a bunch of them, and uh, and then he took he looks at the servitor, or he looks at um, uh, the actual servitor on the gun cutter, and he says, "Are we ready?" And the gun he says, "Yeah." So they start uh, trailing fuel. And making yep. it look like they're damaged, and he goes, "All right, 
uh, now. And they hit the eject button that opens the cargo hold and dumps out all of the luggage and everything else and a bunch of uh, grenades. And he's like, oh, and some grenades, all the grenades you had in the, uh, the weapons bay. So the, right. blows it up, causes a big old explosion, and they dip down into the, uh, the space worm's mouth and hide for uh, 66 hours. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. With the, and he goes, they land and he goes, without talking, nobody make any sound. And it's dark. They, start, they turn off all systems apart from very minor life support. Just enough to keep them alive. They have to get into heat gowns. So and, nothing uh, is picked up. Right. Yeah. I, I just I like that they sit there. And there's a couple times where they're like, huh? And no. Right, right. Just doing like uh, ASL in the boat in the dark, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he has the thing. Right. The and, MacGuffin. And like, you have, how do you have that? I thought you dropped it. He's like... Sleight of hand. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I'm also a street magician. Yeah. Right. Gregor Ola. Blaine. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Ola Blaine. He's standing on the... Uh, uh, entertain him for 66 hours. He just showed him how he could levitate. With, uh, without using his right. actual psychic powers. Right. Uh, yeah. So they get back uh, on the uh, the Essene and they decide to uh, follow the ships because uh, they know where they're going. He's, they start talking about the Zarthurians. Right. Zarthurians? Uh, the, the what? The aliens. The aliens they're meeting up with. The titular Xenos. Yeah. They were uh, the Sor- the Sorathi, right? Sorathi? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, they're weird aliens. The aliens. They're a weird alien race. That the Cthulhu is, aliens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, um, they, they track where they're going. They figure out where they're going. Yeah. They, they, uh, <laughs> they, they decide, they figure out that the Pontus has actually got power spots. They powered up. You know, they, they set it down and they power it up and the room gets really cold and a voice starts speaking to him and it's Pontius. Um, Pontius Claw. Claw. Pontius Claw. He was saved as a computer. I like the idea every time you boot him up, like ice just fills the whole room and he's super cold. I, yeah. Because psychic. Yeah. yeah. Super powerful psychic. So Eisen- that might be the first instance in 40K where they talk about like when a psyker manifests psychic powers, it frosts the room over. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a common theme you see a lot in... I really like how, like, so he tries his standard inquisitorial interrogation techniques on Pontius Claw. Yep. Threatens to unplug him. Yeah. Threatens to do all this other kind of stuff, and he doesn't really talk. And then he does the smartest goddamn thing. He goes oh, and he, man. he talks to him every day about yep. something. Just as buddies. Just as buddies. Whatever. Like, And he's like, oh, he's super smart. He knows about this because he figures, like, he's been dead for a couple hundred years. He's not been plugged in all that often. He craves human contact and attention. So he has all these great conversations and he makes very good note of um, how he never mentions Imperial losses, only Imperium victories and how that makes the Imperium seem stronger than ever than when he died. And then after that, he goes into the room and he's like, hey, who moved that casket? Someone been in here? I'm like, oh no, there's a fucking traitor on here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So these conversations continue and continue and continue until like he notices again that the the casket's being moved and that someone's been talking to him. And he questions all his crew. All his crew are like, no. And then it cuts to the scene of uh, someone talking to the casket. It's kind of ruined a little in the audiobook, but <laughs> someone talking to the casket and asking the questions. And it's like, oh man, this is a traitor. We're going to find out who the traitor is. And it's uh, Beckwin. 
Yep. And Beckwin is, and then we find out what it is, is they, they played the long con on him where yep. Eisenhorn was doing the standard interrogation. Yeah. He was like, yeah. And, and Glaw's like, oh yeah, he'll never turn me. I'll just enjoy my conversations with him and he's not going to get anything out of me. And the whole time Beckwin's pretending like she wants to turn and she's going to help him. Right. And it's how it's all secret and it's played beautifully. Like yeah, I said, really the audio book ruins it a little bit because there's no descriptors in the book about who was talking until the very end. Um, but uh, the audiobook uses her voice. <laughs> right. Sure. So, um, but it's still wonderfully done. Um, we get this this information that... Um, oh, she's the, the only woman on board. Yeah, fair. Uh, the, they're looking for the, the, the kind of the great goal that they're looking for here is an ancient tome known as the Necrotic. Or the Necrotoc. I think it's the Necrotoc. I, yeah, I think it's the Necrotoc. I, I, yeah, I don't know but how they, they say spo- it in you know, the book. They were, uh, they were supposedly all destroyed. Right. So, apart from this one. Apart from bum, this bum, one. Bum. And this is when we go chasing after the Glaws in hyperspace. Right. Well, we've already been chasing there. after the Glaws this whole time. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we were 40. Catching up with the Glaws, yeah, if you will. 40 yeah. weeks in the warp, I believe, right? Because I think it was like six to nine months they were in the warp. So I remember it took, it, it took six months to get back from the Sarathi space yeah. to the Imperium. But like I, I don't know. Let, let's let's not debate. It's, the it's, a, of time. Long it's a long ass time. time. Uh, yeah, several many weeks. They were, Batman symbol. No, 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 no. We we talk about how in right this in this time that um uh Beckwin has learned like she's pretty fucking kick ass with a gun and can fight now because she's been trained for like right. six months so solidly on how to fight. Um, where later she's learned how to play regicide. Um, yep, like very well as well. So it's kind of showing her intelligence in that. Uh. And we arrive in this weird area outside Imperial space. And the way they describe how uncomfortable it is, is, is amazing. They just say nothing is symmetrical. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of like that Lovecraftian way that he describes things like Relay and things like that mm-hmm. from like Call of Cthulhu, where like it's non-Euclidean. So like you can get caught on the corner of something like that, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like nothing is... Nothing is quite adds up because like all these different uh, like stone tablets are all like hexagons and things like that, but they are all different sizes on each thing, but yet they all fit together perfectly somehow. And they said that like the planet looked like it was more than 360 degrees. The, I think, yeah. yeah. The, on the tablet they talk about as they're examining it, the star shape that you're seeing it's somehow the angles add up to way more than 360 degrees, which should be physically impossible, you know. So they warp into the space, right? Right. Like, like, and it's like a dying world. There's a bunch of like destroyed spaceships in there. Like, they're like, they're like, oh my God. It's like they lost, like the enemy fleet lost ships here because of like the gravitational forces are, mm-hmm. are decaying. And meteor the world is, and, right. Yeah. So they fly towards the only planet that has like a giant hole in it, and they fly into this hole. Like, and Matt, uh, is like, guys, come on, my 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 craft isn't designed to do this thing. It's not rated for for you know landing on a planet. And right. he's like, no, dude, th- that's where they flew. Like, unless they were instantly obliterated when they got within this part, this is exactly the route that they took. So they yep. fly into this planet, and everything's calm. Yep. And yeah. They, they bring the ship down towards right. the planet, which should be impossible. Yep, but it's not somehow. So uh, the one brief thing that, um, that you find out from um, Max, uh, the the captain, is that uh, Eisenhorn sits down with him and says, hey, so uh, you've been pretty honest with me, uh, but I feel like there's something you're not telling me about these Arthurians. So he he says, ah, so here's the deal. And he goes into it about how, you know, he was 
on a rogue trader ship and right. that guy wanted to trade with them. So right. they spent X amount of time and he just lived in the hold and wasn't really part of anything. And everybody that came back, they go there and, and he felt that the um, tradesmen felt like they were being tricked and, and um, messed with because of the uh, nature of the planet itself and how it, right. it was everything just seemed wrong. You know, like it, you're sitting there and you're looking at a square, but it's not quite a square, you know, right. You might right, trying to tell right. you it's a square, but it's definitely not the a square. Lovecraftian thing there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and he goes, all right, well, don't ever lie to me again. And then proceed on till we get to the planet, um, following the vapor trail or the warp dust trails of the other ships. <laughs> That's cocaine. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and go down to the planet where they take the gun cutter down towards, um, uh, to the the planet the rest of the way because they couldn't land the, right the right ship. right they could just float in the in these giant hexagons yeah um that like form a tunnel that goes deeper into the planet right somehow yeah so we get there <laughs> so we get down on the planet and the first thing you notice is the water is fl- it's not flowing to the shore it's yeah, the waves are flowing away backwards. from the shore yeah and, and breaking upon itself and and, and then they dig in the stuff. sand and like right below the sand is like all of the, like the hexagon blocks again. Like, so it's like totally been engineered. This whole, this whole area to be strange. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So then we get to, well, trudge, we trudge along and then we see, uh, the exchange taking place. They get some Vox, uh, they get some Vox chatter where he, uh, Eisenhorn hears himself having a conversation with, um, Midas, um, about Elizabeth and he's really confused. And right. then they get some more box chatter from guardsmen under fire. So so they go so they go towards the guardsmen. They help out these guardsmen who are getting like these uh, Gunderite from Gudrun. Oh, yeah. um, rifles are like fleeing from this from from the, the their speeders. final destination. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's these naval security guys and land speeders like gunning them down. So uh, the inquisitorial troop teams up, kills all the land speeders, and rallies the guardsmen. Um, and they go and infiltrate the actual handoff that's taking place. Dressed um, as the uh, the riflemen. Right, and, and the naval security. Eisenhorn yeah. and Fischig are naval security dressed up. because they, So they can get extra close. Mm-hmm. Extra Hold close. up that little bush extra. in front of their face so they right. don't get seen again. Exactly. Well, they, I think <laughs> they have face this. visors or whatever. Yeah, they're really thick. Anyway, so they see the aliens. The aliens are suitably creepy. Can we talk about them for a minute? Yeah, no, absolutely. Really, Go. I, I couldn't actually imagine them in my head listening to it. And, and so, to me, it's a starfish with human hands, right? That's holding onto these stilts because they have like an like they have an odd number of limbs because they're non-symmetrical. And then there's like a thing that rises up out of their back that's their head, like on a pseudopod kind of a thing. And they, but doesn't rise from the center of the. Like the center of the creature, it rises like off to one side weirdly, and then they were able to move their hands, two of their arms over their face or like their their quote unquote face, but like make a human face out of it, and then speak a, with a mouth, yeah, out, with out their, their fingers, hands and eyes, sort yeah. of like the Guillermo del Toro <laughs> Hellboy, yeah, statue. yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. like I mean, that. I was, and I was thinking labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, following. sure, sure, yeah, with the hand monsters. See now, in in my head, I it was I I pictured like a odd numbered limbed uh giraffe kind of thing okay it's a um, little too symmetrical though well I, yeah but the that's just what i was trying to picture and then the hands there was something that ended up with them with spikes and you know like yeah the, so there were so the hands were like knees 
at one and the spikes in my head the way it was the way i saw it the spike the the they hold onto these stilts right which are spiked right but they always made it they made it seem like the the spike stilts were still actually part of them the hands held on to like a no, it's, the, it's the, kind of the, yeah. They 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 were creepy weird. They were weirdos. Things. Either yeah. way, and then they also had slave like a slave cast or something like yeah. that, that came out that had hooves. Oh, I got a I got a mad theory Sounds for like that at the end of the book, though. Hands. By the way, all right. So but yeah, so so the exchange happens, and you see the um the oh my god, now it's just Dazzo. Holy shit, Dazzo gets handed the this tomb, which is the the necrotech. and then you mean the tome. Oh, the tome. I'm sorry, that's what I said. Tomb. Um, <laughs> and he gets high, but and he kind of freezes in place, and it's this the time that they choose to kind of go all out and, they, and go get they, it. Right? They uh, they pretend that the aliens are attacking. Right. So they, they so the inquisitor the inquisitor's retinue starts like a riot basically. Yeah. Um, like and so people are shooting at the aliens. People are shooting at each other. Like shit is going crazy. Mandragor is freaking out. And in the meantime, Eisenhorn is able to like grab the book. Oh, and as and soon this as he's so good, yeah. As soon as oh. he grabs it, like he has like all of these thoughts. Like he's like he's like, oh man, I don't have to destroy it. Like I can just take it. Yeah, maybe you should just read the whole thing. Awesome. It's like literally the One Ring. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's it's, it's like the, he he yeah. he's going to keep it for him because it can do good in his hands, not in their hands. Right. Exactly. You no, know, it's his precious. And then <laughs> it's like he he takes a little like all of his inquisitorial training to kind of turn away from the book. Right, which saves his ass because if he hadn't hit, he would have been punched through the skull by the the emperor's children. Right, yeah, and so he starts fighting Mandragor, right, and he's getting his ass kicked. And so what he does is, I he, think it's described once as he literally gets punched twenty feet through the air. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 uh, so he's, he's sitting there and he gets uh he gets chode he gets uh, chode he gets uh <laughs> that, that's uh, yeah. yeah he gets he, punched so wow. hard in the dick it gets flat <laughs> he gets he gets hit across the back with a chain axe. Oh um, yeah, barely missing him, um, and he's he's like scrambling backwards, just like running away, uh, and he's got his he's got a sword. Uh, he pulls out his power sword, which is mm-hmm. kind of like a psychic force sword more than a power sword. You mean a lightsaber? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> get your get your Star Wars money out, <laughs> Dan. Uh, let's see. Let's <laughs> clearly uh, invented the the lightsaber well before the original Star Wars movies were made. Too yeah, the first uh, three. <laughs> let's see. Uh, he rushes. He. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so he, uh, so uh, a rushes him uh, and he deflects the force of the chain axe but uh, immediately he hit him with the butt of the weapon uh, in the chest sending him flying and i actually left the ground for several meters as he flies <laughs> uh yeah, he, good time he lands and he's like the guy's like all right now you're gonna die and he goes mm, but uh what about the neuro yeah over there? remember your book and he's like oh, oh yeah you came for the book and he's like oh yeah right and because so he picks it up when eisenhorn grabbed it for the first time like it stuns him like he's like oh my god and so he figures he kind of makes this ploy right uh, he waits for like him the orgasmo ray from uh orgasmo from, from orgasmo right orgasmo <laughs> raider yeah so <laughs> mandragor picks up the book eisenhorn cuts off his head yeah yeah he gets done he yeah. gets mandragor gets gets stunned by by like picking up the book and kind of feeling the force of all this chaos and then uh, eisenhorn takes his lightsaber and cuts off his head and it's just straight dies yep and it's, it's head bursts into flames right right like his whole like suit of power armor becomes like a furnace and like it shoots up flames out of the neck hole 
And so Eisenhorn's like, man, what do I do with this book? So he scoops it up with something on the ground. Like he doesn't touch it. And he's thinking about taking it with him actually for a second. Right. And then he's like, nah, nah, fuck that. And throws like, it in the fire. Dumps yeah. it, like dumps oh. it into the fire. It burns like even brighter. And like, uh, everything starts to unravel and go to shit. So the place starts to like die basically. Yeah. So, so you've got the, the aliens they've attacked, uh, who have now apparently can join. They're also, uh, besides making human faces and talking with their fake finger mouths, uh, can also shoot laser beams out of their hands. Dude, because they're the fourth nuking. deadliest creature. After man. Yeah. Thanks. So it's man, man takes the tall three spots. Man carnosaurs. <laughs> uh, so uh, chaos space marines, then aliens. You forgot aliens. Eisenhorn. Yeah. Eisenhorn. The most dangerous way. No, I don't. He's got a water sound. Um, yeah. So there's so there's a lot of good good lines right here, right? And uh, th- there's one where he's uh, the 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 guy that basically stole the troopers and formed this mutiny and left because um, he was part of the yeah. brawls. Um, Commander, uh, I just had it. Where was he? Um, anyway, Jakarta uh, Estrom, Command, uh, Captain Estrom. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Captain Estrom. So he's, Jakarta. He he looks at uh Eisenhorn who's actually just who's dressed as the trooper and he says, hey, what do you think you're doing, trooper? And Eisenhorn shoots him through the face and says, Performing the ministry of the sacred inquisition and then runs by <laughs> him to get to the book. <laughs> oh. So uh-huh. yeah, they all piece the fuck out of that planet. Yep. Um and kind of everyone goes their separate ways because shit went down. The claws went away. Um the Eisenhorn and friends went away. And then this is when we get, uh, like, Eisenhorn kind of gets quote-unquote rescued by the reinforcements that are, like, a couple of days behind. Right. And the, uh, you, you find yep. Malahite, the Arcotech Oh, yeah, uh, they, 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 co- he, they capture him. Well, he begs them to take him with him. Okay. <laughs> um, he's like, please don't leave me. Uh, he's, he's shot with the lasers, so he's, he's, you know, injured. So he's not going anywhere. And everybody else nopes the fuck out. Uh, and they get picked up by the ship, and he takes them up. And he takes all these guardsmen that he's got with him that he rescued uh and they go they go back to their ship and they head back out uh and this is now we're at a place where we're on a ship with a prisoner and we have five separate inquisitors oh yeah from five different views of how the inquisition should be run and the death watch (laughs) and death watch and the first time they're ever mentioned i'm pretty sure Uh, we have inquisitor lord rorkin who's kind of like the boss man inquisitor that eisenhorn goes to see um because Eisenhorn's boss yeah he's Eisenhorn's boss so like if you're an inquisitor's boss then you are very powerful um and he has to kind of explain his actions a little bit note he already, he also has a boss right the emperor <laughs> uh so you, you have the boss you have three other inquisitors Voke, um Endor and Molotor and, and uh Molotor and then you also have the head of the ecclesiarchy um and Steve Dave and an admiral, yeah, and an admiral, and the ad, uh, and the admiral, and then the Death Watch uh, brother captain, yeah, Cyan Wolf, yeah, which is just a cool name. Yeah, yes. see, I didn't like it. So Eisenhorn explains himself. He gets in a little bit of trouble, but not too much because uh, Endor's his bro. Endor's, Endor's, Endor's his bro. Endor and Voke Endor are like, Voke. dude, good job. And, yeah. Oh, and Molotar and Rorkin are like, yeah, yeah. they're like, what? we we needed that book. It was good. We could have studied it. Yeah. Oh. And yeah, because that never they're, turns they're, bad for anybody. They're pissed know? off. They didn't save the book. Yeah. Right. Got to save the mean book. You destroyed the book. Uh, I like that. He's like, wait, is this an inquisition on me? I thought I was just giving you my testimony here. And they're like, well, he should be punished because he destroyed the book. Uh, and they're going through it and they're, they're, you know, chiming off like, 
okay, well, I think he's bad for this, and I think he's bad for this. Uh, Voke and and um, uh, and Endor mm-hmm. uh, say no, and he did the right thing, and they turn to the the last option, you know, the the brother captain, and go. So, what do you think, honored Astartes? And he goes, uh, it's not really my place to judge this, but just so you know. I totally would have burned the book. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much exactly what he says. <laughs> like, so we have some time aboard the ship as we're trying to kind of figure out what to do next. And then uh, Eisenhorn heads down to interrogate uh, Malahite. And after kind of a see brief what, bit of recovering yeah, because right. he's been Because he gets his ass whooped again. Punched yeah. 30 feet into the air. By, <laughs> right. Well, uh, that's fair. Starters. All right, I'll give him a little Chain bit of axe to there. the back. What a baby. in the belly. So he recovers enough to go and uh, interrogate uh, Malahite. And he goes down there. And Molotar is already there interrogating him. And, <laughs> Can you and, call it interrogation and, if you don't have any skin left? Yeah. yeah. Malahite's pretty much dead at this point. He's flensed. <laughs> he's, he's sitting there crying in the corner, almost dead. Yeah. And Eisenhorn's like, what the fuck? Dude, that was mine. That's my prison. <laughs> I was saving that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your roommate ate your last piece of pizza. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and yeah, he's pretty much near death. He's not going to survive. They, they try doing some stuff. <laughs> he, he doesn't even survive the scene. It's, they get surgeons in there, and the surgeons are like, he's oh, dead. No, Sorry, yeah. dude. He's dead, Jim. We couldn't save him. And then this is, don't they go into his brain at this point? Yeah, so him and Voke, like along with the entire astropathic choir, like go, like perform this super seance or whatever. So they put him in stasis so he can't full on die the rest of the way. It's like, well, he's dead, but his soul's still in his body. So you got to Exactly. So they go into his mind. He basically stalls them long enough to show him the demon the demon that's going to be eating his soul and that like almost eats their souls too at the same time so the the whole they go in there because they they can't figure out where the fleet has gone the rest of the other fleet the fleet has run away and they're like where did it go we've checked all the possible points we can't figure out oh they're going further into the turian space and well why would they go there it doesn't make any sense and so they then they perform this seance if you will and and meet him there and he's talking about how you know He's slowing it down, and, and finally he gets to a point where he's just like, why do you think they would go to the home world? I don't know. We destroyed the book. Hmm. Well, I guess you're a big dumb inquisitor then who can't figure it out. Come on. <laughs> and the guy, and he's like, what? He is taunting him the whole time. Wait, wait. They have their own version of the book? A non-human version? Bing, ding, 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 ding. Took oh, you well, long enough, bitch. Took you long enough. I guess I'm going to die now. <laughs> By the way, so are you. Yeah. Here's <laughs> the like, demon coming to devour my soul. There it oh, is. Oh, because they're like, all right, now do I get my thing? Can I get revenge now? I'm like, oh, no, we'll just kill you so your demon, your soul can't get eaten. And he's like, nah, bitch. Oh, I'll have my soul eaten. No, it's cool. They can eat my soul. By the way, yours is getting eaten, too. What do you mean? Ah, shit. So Eisenhorn and Voke, they get out just in time. And then they see like this body burn up and kind of turn into this demon. And like the description they use in the book to describe like how like a guy's soul gets turned into a demon is amazing. Yeah. And then this is when uh, it was it uh, Molotar uses like the full power of the choir um, to banish the the, the well, guy away. Or is it first? No. no, it's probably the Inquisitor. Lord, yeah. Right. Um, so, but like the. Uh, like the space Marines come in with storm bolters, like blowing, the, yeah, blowing the away watch. the thing. That's a tradition. And then Actually. like, uh, one of the inquisitor Lords, like henchman tries to go cut it apart. And the thing just like slices right through like, like him in yeah, a he's, second. He's got the, uh, the eviscerator chain swords. They have got, um, the ecclesiarchy guys have the eviscerator chain swords, like the big old two handed chain swords. Yeah, yeah. Like we could stop this demon. But sadly I'm demon. Oh, yeah. Minus one to hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, it's the change, Eleanor. All right, so uh, yeah, so they end up banishing this demon, but 
Eisenhorn and Voke almost die. Like, Voke gets super fucked up. Well, because he was in there longer than Eisenhorn. And he was also, like, really old. Yeah. Yeah, but then they do like they oh, do kind the of like thing, a little thing like about how you like, know we we don't like that he's telling the story to us as like a kind of like a aside and he breaks the fourth wall Deadpool style, but I really did like him talking about yeah. Voke later on in the in the story. Voke's like all frail, like Emperor Palpatine. And he's like, like Haldane, make sure he becomes an Inquisitor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then he was like, I don't like him, but sure for you. And then they're like, Oh, he's gonna live for like yeah. Voke lived for it, another hundred and four <laughs> years. <laughs> hundred and three right. years. He he proved impossible to kill. And uh, when uh, when Haldane became a uh, uh, an Inquisitor, it was because Voke did it. You know, it's like. Awesome. Damn, dude. Yeah, dude. But he so, was he was like you know he was uh, Stephen Hawking. Basically, Voke became Stephen Hawking. Like mm. in the later books, he has a power armature. Oh, nice. Oh. Like he like he like has like a frame that he has to walk around in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so smash cut to alien home planet and training. Oh yeah. So they spend their four forty weeks training. And he's, oh and, yeah. And, and he uh, he tells them the tells the the Death Watch. He says, "Listen, you need to train." It doesn't matter. You're whatever you've done in the past. It's not gonna be good enough. Oh, we'll be good enough. It won't be good enough. Train in unusual um, situations, yep. right? Like blindfold your guys, train, make them deaf. You can't trust train your senses. Water, turn off your senses. Do whatever. Do everything. And they says, "All right, we'll do it." Whatever, so, dude. You don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, I like it how they said. I was like, I don't care. It's like if you're 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 blind, unable to think, move, or walk, you should be able to hold a las gun, believe in the emperor, and fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah, I like that they wanted to let the uh, the fiftieth uh, uh, guns gunsmen from you know the ones they rescued the ones they rescued because yeah they like, already no no we're not gonna we're not gonna use them we're gonna let them stay on the boat and he's like no no, no they're no. going down with me they're, they're the only people with guys. experience those right. are my guys this thing <laughs> and it turns out they consistently did better on tests than uh, than the average yeah well they were doing better on tests because they'd have experienced it already right exactly right. so so, so like, those are the people to take so we do our forty week warp transit to this uh, Xenos home world. Uh, looking for, I guess, the like you know the original Japanese copy of the uh, Necrotai. <laughs> the Japanese language copy. Yeah, the yeah. Japanese language copy. Very rare print um, of the Necrotai. Um, and we get to that planet, and it's like the same kind of deal. Oh, where, well, it's already under siege by the by the Renegade fleet. Yes. Like they're attacking. Because they're like, shit, this is the only copy of the oh, book right, left. Oh, right, right, right. So they're trying to take it because they were trading for it originally, and the people are like, well, you didn't trade, so you can't have it. And now they're just... Well, fuck you, we're going to take it. So Yeah, exactly. So they throw down uh, and they land they they start their landing party parties down there and they're, you know, unable to track certain people. Uh inquisitor that that flint somebody suffered penalties and he's also leading a squad oh, yeah. down. He had to clean the whole room where they did the séance like in a <laughs> sackcloth robe and he had to fl- he had, had to, his flagellants yeah. like whipping him. They had to know, whip him. <laughs> I, I was like, well, that's what is the first rule of interrogation? Do not kill your your interrogation. Don't, don't, who, don't especially turn. if your brother inquisitor declares dibs on said detaining. <laughs> <laughs> I declare dibs. Uh, so they, they get down, they land, they're experiencing the disorientation. They've got a Death Watch guy with them, and he's like, "Whoa, this is weird." And we're like, "He's like," I and he's like, you. "He's like not hitting anything," and like, yeah. he's getting frustrated clearly. He's rolling getting, twos. He's right. Just he keeps rolling up. twos. He's like, I'm standing next to Inquisitor. I get to re-roll ones. Oh. Hit on threes. What's happening? All uh, twos. Eisenhorn and the guardsmen are nailing cultists left and right. And the, sure. the Death Watch guy's just like, what? 
and then they get attacked by another. The uh, world Emperor's has a children. blanket minus one hit rule. Yeah, so yeah. the Emperor's children uh, attack them, right? And like, yeah, there's an entire like Space Marine chapter now, or Legion. There's there's multiple Emperor's children there now, right? <laughs> kind of a couple of them, yeah. It sounds like, but not not like a, a ton of them, you know? Because they were the ones who were bankrolling this whole product project, as yeah. they found out. So it, the, a fight with those guys ensues. They're in an aquarium space where the aquarium is actually not above you and like around you. It's below you. Like you could just look down into the water. You're walking over the walkways. Right, and, right. And weird giant cattail plants and stuff. The heretics are firing from, they're like clinging to the top, shooting at them. They're nuking them down. And the Emperor's Children takes the Death Watch it's, guy and falls It's the like water. if you asked, um, what's that dude who did the, the weird? Uh, it's like if you asked Asher. Tim. As, George like, Lucas. It's like if you asked Tim Burton to make a death world and gave him a very basic mm. description of 40K. Right. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's all like seashells. Like all the buildings are these giant like seashell shapes, right. like organic kind of like like conical patterns and things like that. Which makes sense since these guys are starfish people, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would if they weren't giraffes. just weird giraffe people. <laughs> oh, man, the I, Great I mean, War. I, I, what a, yeah, I mean, and they finally encounter the aliens. I can draw aliens. you down what yeah. I'm seeing when I say giraffe in my head as opposed to stuff. So, so they but, finally encounter the aliens. Where we get um, shots. Hold on. So they they fight this off. The Death Watch guy gets his ass kicked. They shoot out a tank. Water drains out everywhere, and it shows them down there. And he manages to blow the head off the Emperor's children. And then he climbs back up to the walkway, bleeding from everywhere. Like, okay, let's go. I figured it out. And they they move on to the next room where they see the aliens who are getting their shit kicked out of them by their slaves. Right. The slaves are just walking around pulling them apart. Yeah, and using uprisings. their own spikes to stab them to death. Right, and and it's like, huh? And if you so you learn a little bit earlier in the book that the that the um, necrotech book uh, actually warped the society. They were they were like a good society, and then they became warped. They fought against each other. People that were like, we want to use the necrotech, and people were like, we don't. The necrotech's bad, so they fight against each other. And I think that the slaves that you see are actual like the other half of the society that didn't want to use the necrotech. Oh, probably. Like yeah, the enslaved, makes sense. enslaved force. And so they're just like, hee we're free. Stab, stab, stab. And, you know. That's stab. literally what it says in the book as well. Does it? He, he, we're free. Stab, stab, stab. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Sorry. It's, I thought you were as saying As they my use their hands point. to create a, as a face so that they can say that yeah. to the, to the humans so they know. He, he, we're free. Well, except that they're more like oxen beasts and shit. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. They have hooves. They're more like giraffes. Mm. Uh, so they, they're just finding these guys and the uh, the main alien races just, they're all just disoriented like they don't well, they, know what's going on well and they like they don't fight they don't fight back all they do is just let themselves get killed yeah and I, it feels like their their shapes like if like they need their shapes to be that disorienting for them it, you know like real space is the alternate of disorient you know sure. you know what I'm saying and like so this is disorienting to humans you get rid of it. Now it's disorienting to them. So, 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 so they, so they keep fighting their way through and they find, um, Dazzo, like just like blood streaming out of his face and everything else. And they ended up, uh, like psychically interrogating him because his mind has gone and realized like half that a he, second. Yeah. Right. He's pulled out a primer or like a translation, mm-hmm. of, like a translation a module. Right. A battle for, fish. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Of the of the necrotech. How many sci-fi references can we get in this episode? As many as yeah. we possibly can. Oof. And uh, that uh, Locke has taken it, right? 
because he was the the effort of of stealing it from this thing blew him up and he, basically killed he him. He pulled the information from this blo- from this like computer. Co- they call it a cogitator or whatever with his mind alone. Yeah, which is super cool. Like how powerful of a psyker do you have to be to do something like that? That's crazy. oh yeah. Too bad I wasn't good enough to keep him alive. Yeah, too bad. Still dead. He's just just a just a primary psyker dude. Right. So like uh, <laughs> forty six points. Don't worry right? about yeah, it. Yeah, no big deal. Hold on. Oh wait! Oh, Primaris Psyker, the the actual the Imperial Guard one, not mm-hmm. the Primaris Librarian. I thought right, you were slamming right, me. I was like, oh, no, 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 man, no. That's no, I don't have to say anything to slam you about those guys. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> you just gotta field them on a the table. Your records. I'm just I'm just fucking oh, with you, Dave. Yeah. So the Gregor Lock runs off. Uh, uh, Eisenhorn gives chase, and um, he there was another guy that chased after him. The buddy um, Connor. Mm-hmm. No, it's not Connor. What's Midas? That? Not Midas. Um, who's the Inquisitor that's his friend? Oh, Endor. Uh, yeah, Conrad. Conrad? Conrad, uh, there's Molitor and Endor. Endor. So Endor. it's Endor. Uh, Endor gave chase, and like he's in a firefight with Locke in the room that the Necrotech is in. Right. They haven't gotten to it just yet. Um, and Eisenhorn catches up and re- to watch um, him get shot. And they go into another pattern and he and Midas start talking in code again. Uh, and then some grenades happen and. Yep. So, so Midas ends up staying behind with Endor, right? And then Eisenhorn continues on trying to chase down Gorgon lock uh, to take away the, so they go into this temple, right? Right. And the temple has like the traditional chaos iconography, like, like spike chains hanging from the ceiling, like literally this, this this uh the necrotech has warped reality to like take away like the smooth organic lines and mm-hmm. everything like that that are, that are previously present and import its reality of like chaos onto the on, on, onto this room where it's housed and it's just a a polyhedron like sitting on a shelf mm-hmm. like that's like anybody could walk up and take it right like whatever i mean except that they can't cuz it immediately shoots you full of orgasm and you can't move Sure, sure. If, right. if you're lucky, yeah, yeah. If you're lucky, and so um, anyway, he has he like he he ends up he kills Locke at this point, right? He yeah. Kills, yeah. So he kills he kills Locke after a after a, a knockdown dragout fight, like a pillar falls on him and crushes him. It's I mean it's it's, it's Locke not- Locke pushes him, pushes him back, and as he's falling, he cuts away at a pillar with his uh, lightsaber. Right. Is that what it is? Yeah. Because I thought the, the the bombardment of the cathedral started actually. No, no, he, he cut down. with the lightsaber the 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 part of the pillar and that crushed Locke. Okay, didn't kill Locke because he still had to do his badass final words to Locke. Right, where he finds him guilty of all kinds of heresy <laughs> yeah. and he gives him this big speech as Locke is dying in front of him and just cuts a mark into, of the traitor into his forehead as he passes away. Yeah, it's important. That's for so then he goes to grab the necrotech. And, and destroy it. And Molotar shows up. Well, and then he's frozen. Yeah, he's, he's powers. Right. frozen and he can't move. Because he's nowhere near the blank. Right. And Endor can't move. And they're kind of like stuck there. And <laughs> um, Betancourt. Oh, uh, Betancourt. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Can't move. Oh, that's right. Endor's laying down with uh, Beckwin holding his oh, guns Oh, that's what it is. That's yeah. right. Okay, Beckwin right. stays with so, him. So, right. And then it turns out that Molotar is, is really serious about not wanting to destroy the book. 
but he doesn't really know why. And so he called Ordinatus down like Yeah, so he, he, he did he like the, speech. the quality <laughs> thing like in Watchmen yeah. where we're like, uh, he's like, Eisenhorn is like, you won't do it. He's like, oh, you fool. You wouldn't catch me here monologuing? I did it 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so um, so Molitor is called uh, Exterminatus on this planet. There's only five people on the planet who can do that. He's one of them. This is irreversible at this point. This planet is being destroyed. Um, but he wants the he wants the Necrotech. He doesn't want it destroyed, right? He does not want it destroyed. He wants to use it for quote unquote good. Um, and he, it's funny because like Eisenhorn's frozen and like Molitor is boasting, but it's no fun if you don't have anyone fighting against you. So he's right. like, let him speak. So he like loosens up his mouth so Eisenhorn can argue back with him a little bit about the whole thing. <laughs> like, no, don't that be a like dick. The, that's a cool villain thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's at this point that uh, he he's, he uh, Eisenhorn still has kind of like the key to translating the thing, which is what they need, like little MacGuffin. And like one of the three uh, servants that Molitor has is like, ooh, it's in his coat pocket. He's trying not to think about it's, it right yeah. now, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, that fucking sucks. The psychic guy picks it up. And then Molitor is like, oh, Eisenhorn, you fool. And he goes to reach in his jacket to grab it. And that's when it describes about how his hand explodes. And I'm like, oh, shit. It's like from a last port, uh, bolt. And this is uh, Beckwin coming in. And she shot off his hand. And Bad the closer ass. she gets to Eisenhorn, the more he gets free. So right. now she's in the room. There is no psychic things holding back. And this is when Eisenhorn and um, Bettencourt can kind of come in and just really even the odds out. So then, so Maltar has three acolytes. Two of them immediately shred their robes and reveal themselves to be arcoflagellants. So um, I heard they're a solid unit. Oh yeah, no, and they, I think they're actually pretty good in forty k. Yeah, and they just go charging at them, right? And so they demolish those guys. Well, okay, so one of them they shoot a bunch and he doesn't die, and then they shoot the chemical rack on his back. Oh yeah, until he actually feels all the pain he's in and then dies. Right. right. The other one they have a huge problem with until um, batting core does like a fucking ninja jump over him attaches a satchel of grenades around his neck and pulls the pin on one wow what and a the badass. explosion blows up the arcoflagellant and then pushes uh bedding core away and knocks him out against the the wall right and i was like that is okay. badass yeah that's pretty sweet and is this, so at this point we're just left alone with um very versus the predator actually yeah yeah right yeah. this is where we have uh the third uh kind of uh, member of Molotov's retinue uh, who hasn't revealed themselves and Eisenhorn. Right. So they're they're doing this running chase scene where Eisenhorn and Beckwin are, are hidden. They can't find him and the place is coming down around him. They run out on like kind of a terrace rooftop. Right, they, right. they get up on the rooftop and um, they're sitting there and he's like, alright, we found you. Now just give it to us. And that was uh, oh man. I lost. I lost it. I don't remember what happened that. But, well, I know what happened after that, but I don't know what happened to um, the Inquisitor. To the, Molotar. To Molotar. Yeah. Uh, Molotar gets killed. <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember how he died. I think doesn't doesn't. Uh, so anyway, so the third acolyte reveals himself right. to be Bale. M- Molotar dies. Right, and I think he th- I think he throws Molotar into the fire because there's like these pits of fire that are mm-hmm. like that are burning up. I think he I think he hucks him in there. Yeah. I think. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, well, whatever. He dies. So he He's pulls dead. off his robes and reveals himself to be terrible. Which is the which is a demon host. Yeah. Of yeah. immense psychic power. Well, yeah. and he's the one that Eisenhorn is being black-eyed kind of like man. dreaming of, the blank eyed man, right. uh, who Eisenhorn is terrified of. Um, and this is when he's like, Hey man. And and Cherubal is just like, just give me the, the book, okay? Or give me the key, okay? Yeah. Because he's holding the book already. Yeah. 
And then he's like, no, I'm not going to do this. Okay, if you give me the key, then you get to die here when the planet dies. And he's like, if you don't give me the key, I'm going to break every bone in your body. Then I'm going to go have some fun with your friend, right? with your female friend. Yeah, I mean, he and then straight up to rape her. And, like, and then, I will, then I will break every bone in her body. And then I will just take the key. And then at this point, Eisenhorn just kind of throws the key down and breaks it. Right. Stomps on it. Stomps with his it foot. under his butt. All right. There you go. Stomp. And at this point, um, Beckwin comes back in because she was she was away from this kind of thing. Right. And as she comes in with her blankness, she kind of drives the demon away. So I thought she was with him the whole time and he just got close enough to the demon to no longer feel his powers. And he was like, or he like, he got oh, close to the eyes and blank. That's cute. Oh yeah. Psychic blank. And he, the thing is, is the, the rest of the hero team heroes are coming through the back door behind him. The right, captain right. sign wolf and some other stuff are like leaping through. Like here oh, we yeah. come to save the day. Yeah. yeah. Like, he sees the demon host sees them. And it's like, yeah. no, fuck this shit, dude. I'm out of here. Yeah. Oh, no, no, he stops the, so the, the thing that I like is to show oh, how yeah, powerful yeah. the demon host is, is, is brother captain sign wolf is like storm bolter action. <laughs> And sign and the the demon goes mm, boom. Stop he, the bullets. He catches the bullets and yeah. melts them. He stops. He's like, get away from here, uh, Astarte's. You know. Yeah, scum. Like, but then he's like, fuck y'all. I'm, I'm out of here. here. Right. And, and like, then he's described to do a perfect dive into the fire pits yeah, below. Right, right. It was or into the yeah into the ocean fire pits. He's just like sploosh, no tail. Perfect ten from the East German judge. You know, it's, everything works. <laughs> it's out. amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight uh, tens. And then they. Get back to the ship. Well, then they're like, shit, we're all dead now. Because yeah. this planet's being exterminated in a minute. And then uh, then the gun cutter comes down and swoops in and, and takes them all away to Pilot, safety. Piloted by the former uh, Arbites, uh, who oh, is yeah, now fishing. Turned, yeah, fishing, who is actually now half machine through the injuries that he suffered um, in a, in the previous fight with the aliens. And and he picks him up and is like, hey, you guys need a lift? <laughs> and everybody jumps on and they fly out of there. Safety. And <laughs> like the end of the Death Star. Right. Right. Yeah. And exactly. it just blows up. And then that essentially, I mean, they do some recovery after that. But that's about two hours of Eisenhorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we had some other stuff. Um, so so we had some other stuff. We don't anymore. Um, I just want to touch on a couple things. Um don't let our our weird ramblings about it uh, go on. It's an amazing book. And yes, the, the structure of it is is super good. It's very layered, and nothing is wasted in this book. Oh is my what God. I like. It's Everything comes so back. Good. Like if you if you haven't read it and still want to read it, like I I can't recommend enough to you. Like this book, like it is by far one of my favorite forty k novels, and I would say the for the majority of people that read Black Library stuff, it's one of their favorite novels too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and if and if you like any of the sci-fi references, uh, movies we made, there you go. It's uh, that's it's that's great. free of charge. Yeah, it was free. Uh, let's. Uh... You're welcome. We're gonna take a break. We're come right on back and wrap this shit up. If you're in the Anchorage area and need your hobby fix, head on down to Tier One Cards and Games. Whether it's 40k, X-wing, Attack Wing, Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball, Pokemon, War Machine, Age of Sigmar, Malfour, or even Magic. The Gathering kind, not the Siegfried and Royd kind. Tier 1 Cards of Games has the space, the players, and products for you to build your forces and destroy your foes. Not in Alaska? Enjoy our snow, suckers. We've got none. And while you're stuck inside, check out Tier 1's live Twitch stream at www.twitch.tv forward slash Tier 1 Cards. Streaming ITC format, 40K starting at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the last Saturday of every month. And we're back. Woo! Woo! Okay. All right. Uh, we talked. It's, it's a long, complicated story, but it's a it's a beautiful story, and hopefully, we're going to continue along 
this this path of, of um, uh, Eisenhorn. I definitely want to read the other two now. Now that I know there's two others, there's some short stories and everything yeah. out there. Um, and it's super good. Uh, before we go, you guys got any stuff you want to add in there quickly before we go? Yeah, you got anything you want to? You got any plugs you want to do today, Danny? Oh yeah, um, I can talk about my. All right, so, um, War Games tournaments uh, makes some really good cheap MDF terrain. Not cheap as in quality because the quality is very high, um, but inexpensive as far as like it's very inexpensive to get like a whole table of terrain. Um, so it's a really good resource and I highly recommend their products if you have a chance to try them out because I've, I, I've purchased from them before and they've, uh, definitely meet the needs of, uh, like, like filling out a nice table of line of sight blocking terrain. Nice. Nice. John, you got anything? Yeah. I just have like one product I want to really push and it seems really stupid, but like the little Citadel battle journal that Games Workshop makes for 40 K it's like a really dumb seeming like overpriced notebook. But man, have I gone back through that a lot the past couple of months? Like I write down like all my games, like when I fuck up or when I mess up, I'll write in there what happened or when something went really well. Yeah. And it's just a really good resource to kind of keep a track of your progress and how you're going. Man, Nate showed me his yeah. and it was really cool. I was like, oh, I didn't know. I thought it was just like some lined paper in here. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, it's like, oh, okay, cool. I can actually literally detail out a battle in here. I can detail out my opponent, what my opponent played, what I played, how many command points I had, how many command points I used. Um, notes during the battle who eventually won the date of it the event that i played in it's it's yeah, it's really handy it's cool. paper but it's super good uh and then uh, i want to give a shout out to uh grayed out dice bags uh, i just ordered a bunch of dice bags for our team um uh and he gave us a, a smoking deal he does custom dice bags are made in the usa in atlanta georgia uh, each dice bag sewn from high quality cotton uh, and you can pretty much get anything that he's got designed already, or you can he can custom make it for you and on uh, from a print company called Spoonflower, and then make it itself. Uh, he's basically he's, he's very well thought of, and you can find him at gradeoutproductions.com or at gradeout.etsy.com. And if you use the uh, code Mob Rules Pod, you get an additional ten percent off. That's mm-hmm. awesome! Yeah, but look at you wheeling dealing. Dice bags. I know. No, was that grayed out or great out? Grade. G-R-E-Y-E-D. Okay. Out Perfect. Productions. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Uh, like I said, it was a long, interesting ride. I'm very help, uh, thankful uh, uh, we read it, though, or listened to it, because it was, it was super For good. real. Yeah. And I'm so excited I. to kind of see the, the future adventures of Eisenhorn. Uh, we're going to be back here in two weeks talking about something. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. We'll figure it out. Yep. Um, and then, yeah. So for uh, Mob Rules, I have been John. I've been Dave. I've also been Dave. No, just kidding. Dave. Wait. No, have I been Danny? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. See you next well, time. I've been John then. We've here. Yeah.